Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. The Daily Combat Podcast is brought to you as always by Olympic hopeful turned boxer and all-round sporting polymath Isabella Rossitano, arm wrestling influencer Hollywood Matt Connolly, and combat sports ring announcer Dave Stockbridge. So join Izzy, Dave, and Matt as we talk about the world of combat sports on this episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. He's like, it's not cute to like to do that. And then he's like, and like, you know, I bet you're not like, you know, it's you're fine, like you're gonna be fine. <laughs> then I say, you, you're great, you're great. We, you're we believe in you. No, 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 no. Then I saying in his face, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. But the thing is, the thing is, the thing I is, believe I can fly. <laughs> no, no. But the thing is, two things. Number one, it really annoyed me. Like, take the mic away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the mic away. Like, number one, why would I think it's cute to say I'm bad at something? Like, what the fuck? And the second, <laughs> the second thing was like. Um, you know, I I wouldn't say anything if I didn't think it was true. Right, and yeah. like I can tell, like I was just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing was when he realized I was just being honest oh, after I was no. saying I think some because I think some maybe some students would say, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't yeah. do this. Oh, but they no, actually they're no. actually really yeah. good. But coming from a musical background, I know what something should sound like. Right. And when I sing, I can tell that it, when the pitch is off and all that. And I that's why you know, I don't consider myself a singer because I don't have that range and those skills. It's mm. a, it's an amazing skill to have. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's so. fun, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if you're yeah. singing along in the car or whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I love that. Like, yeah, it's yeah, great. That. That's the yeah. fun part but about it. It was just funny. I mean, this song was completely hard for me because obviously I'm not a soprano. No. I don't talk like this in real life, so I don't sing like this either. <laughs> Dave has just left the room. <laughs> He's had enough. This, this story has him to leave the room. Dave. <laughs> Dave, we need you in here. What, what song was it? <laughs> come back. It was about singing. What song I was it never that they, up they had to sing for the audition or, or whatever it was? It was It was a Michael Jackson song. Mm. It was... Um, Bad? <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. That I'm going to take the rest of the week off after that one. <laughs> okay, we can wrap it there. We've <laughs> got our moment. Oh, that's <laughs> That was amazing. That was good. I'm only going to be uploading that clip. Oh, my God. Uh, A Michael Jackson song. It wasn't bad, I'm guessing. Do you remember Billie Jean or something? Can you guys name every single Michael Jackson song? The Earth song. It was one. (laughs) This would not be my go-to. The Earth song. How does that go? Oh, man. You want me to sing? Well, it was the first thing that came to your mind. I can't believe it. Oh, no. oh, hang on. It was something about, it was some, it definitely was a love song. Oh, Can okay. anyone remember any of yeah, Michael Jackson's love songs? He's only done one love was... song, so. <laughs> wait. <laughs> it wasn't Ben. The girl is mine. Wait, yeah, wait, I've yeah. got to Google this or now. Ebony and Ivory? No, uh, that, 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 that was not Michael Jackson. Else. I think that was No, 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 no that was Jackson. Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Was it? You were not alone. It might have been. Michael Jackson. Love song. And you know what? I'll even sing it for you guys. Oh, wow. Exclusive. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, I, I swear it was. Studio teacher on the line. So th- this was, uh, sorry, I, I kind of drifted away. So oh. this is the audition. This was 
One of the classes. No, I actually nailed. I actually nailed the audition. Um, Singing. Wait, this is not a good time, Spotify, to act like this. (laughs) Ask app not to track. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about the delay. You don't want the app to know. I I just want want to play this song for you. I found it. I found it. I'm pretty Uh, sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's thriller. (laughs) No, no, no. It was. um, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, but that's the Jackson Five. Oh, ABC. Is it this song? You might not be able to play well, too much of that do, before we have, get copyright issues. Yeah, true. I, um, well, it wasn't that song. I and, <laughs> and, and that, I, I was really interested to hear how yeah. you might have started that song because that, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that was a, <laughs> that's how she started yeah. and then that stopped her. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could find the name of this song. I, um... It is not cute to start with the Michael Jackson song. Okay? And this guy was um, a huge Michael Jackson fan and oh. I just knew I was going to destroy this song. Yeah. So I said I was just honest and I said and it was it was definitely a love song. Maybe maybe that song wasn't the Michael Jackson one, but the song was a love song. Hmm. I knew I was gonna butcher it and I was just saying like <laughs> this is about to be because everyone there is a musician. Everyone there knows oh, pitch yeah. and I'm like guys trust me. This is not going to sound good, and Pitch I just I wanted to. Are they warn wondering everyone. why you were there at this stage? Well, I'm a fucking rapper because yeah. they don't oh, have they don't they right. don't have a specific stream for rapping. Okay. So they put the rappers and the MCs in with the professional singers, mm. and it's different. It's not no, the same. They're exactly the same. <laughs> it's completely different. Like you know, and even though in one of the classes, like you know, there was there was some songs where I got to rap, so that was good. That oh, was the R and B one. Ooh, yeah. mm. There you go. Mm. And you stood above head. And shoulders above everyone else and looked down and went, oh, I said, yeah, I said, this guys, is my moment to shine. That was it. I said, guys, I'm really bad at rapping, but um, no, nah, I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> yes, that's my story. Well, Berkeley. Yeah, Berkeley. Wow. How, how long did that last? Did it last? <laughs> I can't afford to go, sadly. So, oh. yeah, I, I got offered a... Um, scholarship thing. Oh, they still offered you a scholarship? No, I got offered a... No, not a scholarship. Oh. I got offered a place to study there, yeah. which is... I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> uh, $300,000 a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is too. It's simply... It's a, it's a shame that I can't afford to go. Mm. Uh, I would absolutely love to take that opportunity. It was... Uh, I was very grateful and surprised and flattered by that. Mm. It's, it's pretty... That was pretty big for me. Like it's yeah. uh, it's not easy. People people train for years to actually get in with different instruments or with their voice. Um, it, I think they've only had about five MCs get in, so wow. I was one of the first women to get offered a a place for rapping. And um, but the audition was was pretty crazy because I was at the gym. Long story short, I missed an email. I'd signed up to Berkeley with an email address I don't really use. Mm. I've got another one which I use hot, more. Hot Ranger. Um, yeah, hot range. <laughs> I can't sing 95 um, at gmail.com. Um, and <laughs> you see, I just use that to register the right. places. Um, but, but, but then I had my one that I was constantly monitoring for music, which is like my artist one. And um, they, I decided to apply like past the deadline, of course, because I enjoyed the course so much that I did online. Mm. And they have auditions, and the auditions are like every six months or something. So I emailed them, like, oh, can I please, can I please? And the guy's like, oh, we might be able to fit you in. Just stay tuned. And I knew the, I knew the auditions would be taking place in about, say, three weeks because I was in talks with a guy from Perth who was auditioning. Anyway, so like one week goes past, I don't hear anything. Two weeks go past, and I'm talking to my friend, and he's like, um, yeah, I'm preparing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is really weird. I just haven't heard anything. Mm. Anyway, so at some point something strikes me and I'm like, I'm going to 
just check the other email. Oh. The, now, the, the moment of time this was, I was at a stepper on the stepper at the gym. Mm. That's preparing. where I check my email. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm on the stepper. I'm like full on sweating. And I thought, I wonder what's happening with that audition. And I checked my emails and it was set for about 30 minutes from that point in time. Oh. Might have been a bit longer. Might have been like 45, but it was within an hour. Right. And I, and I looked at the time. I had to calculate the time difference. At first I thought it was going to be the next day. And I'm like, wait, hold up. Check the time difference. Oh, and it was that night because mm. it's in America. Yeah. And it was that night and it was like in a, within an hour. Jeez. And then I'm like, holy shit. The only thing in my head is like, holy shit. So I run to the car, run home, get in the shower. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a very limited amount of time to prepare mm. for this audition. The audition um, requires you to do like scale, this scale exercise, oh. which is quite complicated, which I knew I didn't have hope in. Mm. A performance, which was about two minutes. Yeah. And what was the third thing? Oh, yeah, and an improvisation as well. Oh, which the whole thing was. And I was. <laughs> this is the improvisation. It, it, it actually, the whole thing was an improvisation. <laughs> so I did, I will admit, I did uh, get incredibly, uh, for about five minutes, I let my emotions run rampant and I'm crying in the shower. <laughs> I'm crying in the shower. And I just think to myself, my heart just dropped and I'm like, this was such an opportunity and I fucked it up and I'm like, fuck. Anyway, but then I thought to myself, what if J. Cole, my favourite rapper, one day called me up and said, hey, I want you to open up for me mm. in one hour at my show in Los Los Angeles or something. Mm. I'll get you on the Superjet Concorde yeah. and you'll be here in 30 minutes. You know, it could happen. That's right. Good. So, yeah. And so. so you had that Michael Jackson song just as it was <laughs> yeah. house, just ready? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how did Michael Jackson be the thing that came to mind in, in that moment? <laughs> so you're in the shower, you're bawling your eyes out, and you go, I'm going to audition, I'm going to audition. Was it the she Michael Jackson? The, she did the audition. No, no, Michael, with Michael Jackson, Jackson, Jackson did not come at the into school. My oh, when you went to the. Oh, yeah, okay. At the online course <laughs> earlier. Oh, right. This is, yeah, this is to Jackson, attend the actual Ma university. This is to oh, attend, this is yes. the. Yeah. This is the yeah. Okay, I got yeah, you. I'm, I'm up to speed now. Oh. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is our Thursday night comedy special for anyone who's just tuned in. Welcome. So. This Cheers. is the story about my audition to Berkeley. This is this is how to get into Berkeley, which many people try for a very long time to do, and this is how I flicked it. <laughs> which just seems to this be. This is like a life hack. Yeah, this yeah. is a life a hack. I tell everyone yeah. a life hack. Um, simply drink. <laughs> balance water. No, this is like a balance water has been fired from the podcast. Oh, have they? Okay. Wow. We now have active pH nine power water. So you, you've been testing various waters over the, the last several weeks. And, um, Do they all taste exactly the same? No, they don't, <laughs> Matt. And each has a different health benefit, I may say, wow. myself. What's they this had... one infused with? <laughs> pH nine, whatever that is. No, this one isn't infused, but I can tell you it has electrolytes in it. Ooh. And electrolytes are designed to maintain healthy muscular responses and energy distribution. Sodium and potassium, the essential electrolytes that maintain water distribution in the body, are sometimes lost in exercise. Mm. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> However, this is electrolyte alkaline water. So when you're <laughs> drinking active pH 9 power water, you're getting those electrolytes replaced. Yeah. That's why I love my active 9 active pH 9 water and I love it so much more than balanced water and so much more than active love water both of which have declined to sponsor this podcast That's I can't right. believe I, I honestly you know I can't believe it um, but <laughs> um, 
what I do like about this is it seems to be a much more scientific approach yeah. than the than the wildflowers. Yeah, aggressive approach. I, I feel like wildflowers might soften you as a as an elite athlete, <laughs> and uh, whereas electrolyte seems to be energizing. It's a good word. It's a it's a powerful Electro word. You, you know, I you, agree you know, with you. It's associated. a marketing word. It is a marketing. When a marketer saw that word, they said that mm. is the word we need for mm. this water. No one knows what it is, electrolyte. but they believe it's a but benefit. It sounds good. Mm. It's what, powerful. power or electrolyte? Electrolyte. Electrolyte, yes, yeah. I agree with you on that one. There you go. All right. And taste-wise, uh, is it just water-flavoured or is there any type of... Uh... Well, it's... <laughs> is it water-flavoured? Is it water-flavoured? Um, because <laughs> some of these waters... <laughs> I can't <taste> it. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's just what, a, a, like getting a soft drink. It's like you want a Coke or you want it water flavored. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you might pay a premium for water flavored water. Right. Yeah. You probably would if it had electrolytes in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this is it does taste like water. <laughs> it does taste like water. It's weird. Mm. I didn't mm. expect that. I, I love the authenticity of that. <laughs> yeah. It's good. The thing is, in comparison. <laughs> In comparison to the balance water, mm. oh, balance. <laughs> <laughs> I found that was quite soft Shit. in flavour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might still sponsor us, so I don't want to talk too badly about it. No. But look, in comparison to balance water, this mm. water is definitely more powerful. I can taste it. You taste the power. I can taste Ooh. the power. Ooh. Hashtag power. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there you are. You've got you're crying in the shower. We've got and to I'm that crying point. right now. Yeah, it seems right. to be a constant. It was thing electrolytes in my life. just flowing that's over right. you. Good and thing you've got the infused with tears. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. Well, look. Maybe had I have had the opportunity, <laughs> maybe to drink... we can market that water, the, the shower water infused with tears. <laughs> yeah. Tears of a tears a of disappointment, audition. regret, <laughs> and uh, general. Yeah. I'm sure someone would buy that. Absolutely. <laughs> There's some sicko on the internet somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I would like that water. Oh. Yeah. There's some crazy it's things a, it's on the It's up in a research lab somewhere. It's, on the, it's in the dark web probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Already. Uh, look, so that day, perhaps had I have had this water, <clears throat> I would have been a lot more on the ball. Mm. But quite mm. simply, I wasn't. Mm. Was that product even available at the time? Look, it was available, Dave. It uh, was. I can't tell you it then. was, but... So, um. I just didn't have any that day, yeah. perhaps. Mm. I think that was back when I was drinking tap water. Oh, he does wow. that. And you know what? Since I've swapped to various types of water in in the, the quest for a sponsorship. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not for better health. Yeah, that's um, right. I've actually found that better health was a benefit. Mm, okay. Indeed, I have. Mm, Definitely. Nice. That's, that's, I mean, that's why. But, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's my story about water. No, ge uh, <laughs> genuine, genuinely though, I got to say this is this is probably my favourite out of all the waters I've sampled. Okay, I genuinely huh. mean that. So if they are looking to sponsor someone like me, uh, active. Oh, sorry, us uh, oh, people like us. Forget about us. Get rid of those clowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't need hydration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got enough electrolytes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, right, so, so, yeah. so we're, it's it. it, it you're disappointed. You, you feel like you've, you've let yourself down. Yeah, I was just fucked. Down. To give some context, I was. I would wake up. I've never in my life been, even in med school, I'd say I was never this motivated to 
to study so fucking hard. I was studying like, man, I'm sure you guys have had like that one thing that you're like, oh, all into. Mm-hmm. I would wake up, I'd be doing the music work all day. There was so much theory to learn. There was so much stuff to do. Then I would go and I'd train. I'd even, this is the first time in my life I've ever sacrificed training wow. for something ever. Yeah, for a very, yeah. So pretty much since I started sport, I never would would say, okay, oh, I've got to do this. I- I'm okay with missing training. Wow. I've never done that. But for this I did because there were assignments and there was so much work. It was super intense. So then I would go to bed, like, because of the time difference, my classes were up to, like, they'd start around 2 a.m. and then they would finish around, I think the latest one finished around, like, 7 a.m. Mm. So I would stay up so I could do those live. Wow. And then I'd go back to bed and then I'd have that sleep. I'd wake up later. I'd do the study, I'd train, come back, So study. you were in medical school at this stage as well? <clears throat> no, that definitely would have killed me. Yeah, This right. was This was this uh, during lockdown. Online. This was during lockdown. This was this after the Olympic course? trials and it yeah. was an online course. Yeah, yeah, it was during lockdown. It was great. It was a great thing to have. Yeah. yeah. For, you haven't said so the life hack. I'm waiting for the life okay, hack. Okay, so here's the life hack. Right. So I find myself in a position where I had this amazing opportunity coming up and I essentially um, made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So the life hack number one. Check all your emails <laughs> and check the spam. I think it may have even been put oh. into spam of that unused email too, and that's why I didn't notice it. Right. So always check all your email accounts and check your spam, mm-hmm. always, especially when you're so if you're, waiting for a So your life sucks, it may be because you've missed you an email. You may have missed an email. It's in spam. Go right. check it yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Good it advice. could just be that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I learned the hard way. Um, <laughs> so there was that. But the second thing was just um, when I had that, that when I realized, well, there's nothing I can do. I can either not go to the audition or I have like under an hour to prepare an audition to mm. one of the best music schools in the world. Mm. Luckily for me, I am, you know, I'm a fan of music. I love music and I've, I've done improvisational theater and I've got those skills which have helped me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to impro this audition. Yeah. So I put together in like, I think I had 20. So, oh yeah. And then also it's a video audition. So I've got to try and make the room look presentable. I got to try and make myself look present- presentable. Got to try and get the tears out of my eyes. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I put together really quickly. Uh, it was actually, it's actually really beautiful. I put together like a, all of J. Cole's top love lyrics and I mm. made like a, a love song. Yeah. And then I, um, it was like a rap. But sorry, yeah, it was a song that went into a rap chorus, then song, then rap, and it, yeah, it was good enough. It was good oh. enough. So you sang, you sang it on the audition. <sighs> yeah. They rang you up and you went, yeah. "Hi, I'm ready." Yeah. Yeah. So no, I had my laptop on the piano, yeah. and then it was time to perform, and I didn't make a mistake. Wow. I did not make one mistake. Yeah, that really surprised me. And then obviously the next two exercises were the ones I hadn't, didn't prepare for because I didn't think I had the audition coming <laughs> mm. and uh, and I knew I wasn't going to do well there. So I knew I had to do well in in that component. Right. Mm. So what so, did you do for the improv? Um, I wish I could remember. I think I, re- I think they give you a key and you have to, so they're playing like in, an instrumental and that's how I actually write most of my raps is mm. I'll listen to an instrumental and I'll just, it's, I don't usually write down a song and then find an instrumental to fit it. I listen to the music and that gives me the words. Mm. That's how I do it. And um, yeah, so uh, with the improvisation, that was easy for me. But like, I think you were meant to sing it. So I knew I wouldn't be able to sing it in key. As I said, I am not, a, I don't mm. claim to be a singer. So I rapped it and nice. I could just see the guy being like, <laughs> this isn't quite what you're meant to do. <laughs> um, I remember at one point, um, 
yeah, he's like, so did you look at this exercise on the website for how you're meant to do it? I'm like, oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that might have been a bit of a fib. I'll admit it now. I'm sorry, Berkeley. I just didn't have time. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of Berkeley. So yes, I would have pursued that opportunity if I had the funds, but it is very expensive. And also yeah. it would be hard to, it wouldn't be possible to train at the level I need to and do that as well. It's the same, it's the same extent as um, med or. You're skipping a lot of steps there. Like you got the, so you did the, you did the improv. He reacted. Yeah. Like, and there was a third thing that you had to do, a scale. I can't remember thing. what order, what order it was. Um, I wasn't sure. I can't, I honestly can't remember. This was exactly probably a year ago now. But the, the third exercise I remember was the one I didn't do the best and his face was hilarious. He was just like trying to work out like, mm, yeah. yeah. This but, is one of the I most prestigious schools in yeah. the world and this young lady. Yeah. Like yeah. She might be making a it. mockery of it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like that. But uh, how did you hear back? Like, so, so what was the feedback? Like at the end of this, oh, thanks very much. No, you know, no. We'll let you know. We'll, no we'll, indication. We'll call you. We'll get our people to nah. call you. Nah. <laughs> no, there was no no indication of doing good or doing badly. There was an interview afterwards. It was just facial expressions <laughs> that you had to read between the lines with. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Um, and then afterwards there was a um, pretty much a, an interview with the dean, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but he was very, very nice and I think um, – yeah, actually, the coolest thing they asked um, was, I think, where do you see yourself if you came to Berkeley? Where do you see yourself in like so in the mirror? Five years, time. California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and then, and then, and then. Um, now I'm just transporting myself back to that moment in time when I was like, I don't know how I've finished this audition without crying. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what happened? Uh, and then it was like a wait for a pretty long time, and then everyone get got sent their offers or their non offers. Um, straight to spam. Yeah, straight mm. like two months later and uh yeah, I got an offer and I was like, What the fuck? I was not expecting a I was not expecting a an offer. And mm. uh I opened up my email and I was I was very nervous and then I opened up the um yeah, I opened up the the letter and it's like, You've been offered a place and I was like, What? Wow. So I started emailing the other five rappers who have <laughs> been to Berkeley and they're all really nice. They're really awesome people and really supportive. Yeah. And um yeah, one of them's actually doing pretty well, one of the guys. Mm. And he was actually the first one. And that was like the big thing for him. He's the first ever rapper to go to Berkeley. Oh, like right. it's like because it's such a different uh genre. It's mm. not really and it's a new kind of genre. Um yeah, so so, so as, as you're pursuing this, you, you, you're also training, you're doing the kayaking. No, no, so this was, this again, so what happened to me was after the Olympic trials, I went straight into music. So I how just, long ago was this? This is six this is last year. Oh, this is relatively recent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is before she came in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just earlier. Yeah. I, just, I just spent, so as I said, like I had all that time that I used to spend canoeing. Like if you imagine your whole day is like this, like that much of my day was canoeing. Suddenly I had all this time. I was like, well, like, so I started, started a new job and I um, started working, uh, sorry, not working. I started studying music as well. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I did. Yeah. And, and did you have that thought of maybe returning back to medical school? Cause the, you, you did have to put that on hold to pursue. At, at the time I had no interest last okay. year. I've had no, I had no interest, but uh, after, after some like recent things, I think, uh, yeah, I probably would yeah. uh, later on. I think, yeah, I think, um, but it's it's something to do. I guess I came to the realization through all of our podcasts and all that. You know, it's going to be pretty hard to earn full time money 
um, from Doing this sport. podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I've been one minute to talk to you about our pay. <laughs> I need a pay rise. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, from all the sponsors. Um, <laughs> all the sponsors, all the revenue, all the water. <laughs> it's all yeah. my water. Yeah. So your, no, I think your, your the truth is. is online. It is online. You've MC is. Yeah. So, yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about MC Easy. This MC is like Easy. A... Well, I want to change my artist name. I think it's too old school. But uh, yeah, I do. I've got a large number of unreleased songs as well. Mm. Um, so there's a back catalogue. There is a huge back catalogue. <laughs> back catalogue. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but I you guess. You like Prince. Yeah. Like, right, there's, yeah. more, there's more songs that haven't been released. Really? Yeah. I didn't know Prince had more songs. Oh, I think, I, I think uh, yeah. Prince and Beck are the two most prolific oh, songwriters. Yeah. In the, I've never yeah. heard of Beck. Wow. Two turntables and a microphone. You don't know. Yeah, no, you would. You loser. probably would have heard that his stuff. Like you would have heard. He's done like Elvis a million songs. <laughs> <laughs> he's won a lot of Grammys and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, you would have heard something, but not realised that's him. He does all sorts of different. Oh stuff. yeah, it's all over. The, yeah. yeah, for sure. Lots of different genres, but yeah. So you're just like them, in other words. Um, yeah. Uh, MC Easy on where? SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Reverb Nation. Um, what's the other one called? There's another sound platform. Any sound mm. platform you can find me at. And it's not MC, like the letters MC. It's E-M-C-E-E-E. Is that Thank right? you for clarifying. Yes, mm. it's the abbreviation for Master of Ceremonies. Ah, there you go. Like MC Hammer. That's mm. right. But M. But less, less C. Pan, less big pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> less gold. I, I do like my trackies, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parachute pants. Mm. Yeah. But no, uh, I have listened to your stuff that's up on oh, thank YouTube. thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Very, Very positive simple. messages coming across in those songs. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Good stuff. And, you know, it's nice to see that you've done something so well. And then, yeah, hopefully you can make more of that in the future as well. Thank you. Hmm. I appreciate you, Matt. There you go. You, did, you, did, did you always have that affinity with music or was it just a, it, it was something that when you finally didn't have all of these other responsibilities that you thought this is something I really wanted to do? Now's the time. Now I've got finally got a window. I've got an opportunity. Let's start laying some of these tracks down. I'd say I've had music that that's been the longest constant of my life. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think um, that's that's what I've done the longest time over mm-hmm. sport, over anything academic, and yeah, yeah, it's always been with me. And I've it's the one thing I never gave a proper shot as well. Yeah. So again, it's something that in a place like Adelaide, it's just not realistic for me to pursue that. Mm-hmm. full-time, which is why I always sought, sought to go to America and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if I'm in Australia and it seems unlikely to be and for anyone to be able to leave to pursue anything, it's um, not realistic for me to, to do it. It's, it's just incredibly difficult, especially as a hip-hop artist in Adelaide. That's just the reality of it. Mm. If I was doing a different sort of music, it would be easier, but it's very hard when you don't have um, that environment that a place like Los Angeles provides with similar creatives around you. Mm. Luckily, I've got similar combat athletes around me, like yeah. you guys, yeah. uh, and that means the world to have your support. And um, oh, you know, at least there's like-minded athletes here who I can train with. And has it always been hip hop for you? Uh, since year five. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, right. not even. Uh, my first rap was in year three to Snoop Dogg. Um, <laughs> uh, so he the backing track, and then yep, you the, just the went over the top. The backing track was "Drop It Like It's Hot." So when I finally got to meet <laughs> Snoop Dogg two years ago, I told him, like, you know, <laughs> you're the reason I rap. Yeah, my uh, it was co-written. With my sister and I, my right. first rap. Yeah, wow. as I said, year two, a year collab. three. It's a collab. Yeah. yeah. Did you change the lyrics or you just? Oh, did, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Instead yeah. of drop it like it's hot, what was it? Oh, I don't want to perform it now. You know, <laughs> I don't want to stuff it up. But it was about a Yoshi. You know, Yoshi from Nintendo. Uh. Yeah, it was about Yoshi. I was um, the task was you had to 
do like an advertisement for something. Okay. So we wrote a rap to um, drop it like it's hot, advertising a Yoshi. Uh, nice. Sorry, how old are you? How old are you at this stage? <laughs> I was about eight, eight okay. or nine. That was my first been, rap. Oh, drop it like it's hot. Pretty good. Yeah. Alternative yeah. lyrics. Yeah, that's good music. I can actually remember the lyrics, but you know, we don't have like the right like oh, no. sound effects on the mic. I don't yeah. know. Wow. <laughs> we could come up with something. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then in year five, I got uh, we had to do that task. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote down, I want to be a rapper. Okay. And I've spent many hours trying to tear apart my parents' house trying to find that piece of paper because I know, <laughs> you know. That, you knew it's they weren't going to throw it away. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely in a box somewhere. Um, but I'd love to just find that piece of paper because, yeah, that's that means a lot to me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. My mum's house is full of John Farnham videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> is that is he a relation? <laughs> Matt's story is oh, I don't have any talent, but mum has oh, a lot of John Farnham. Why is every Thursday we talk about Thursdays is Farnham. when we don't talk about combat. <laughs> Thursday nights is this is the, the late night special, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoy this completely irrelevant. <laughs> so, right. so tell us about mum's yeah, well, John hey. Farnham collection. Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about, you, let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Like, tell me, um, aside from arm wrestling, like, you know, when you were growing up, what what did you guys want to be when you were younger? I wanted to be a professional golfer. So that was my... All right, we need to hear the story. We need to hear the story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually remember the the moment that that crystallised in my mind as a possibility as well. So uh, my grandfather, uh, you know, when you're on school holidays, and there's school holidays right now, so uh, kids watching my... uh, well, um, uh, take something away from this, but uh, yeah, my grandfather took me uh, to uh, the golf course and uh, gave me a club and a ball just to kind of shut me up, I think, and just give me something to do. Mm. And uh, and so you know, after they'd all teed off, he said, "Oh, you know, you, you drop your ball over there and you can have a hit." And and uh, and I, I just remember creaming it like just once, just smacked it straight. It was just it was the best feeling. It was it didn't even feel like I'd hit it. It was like some kind of magic where I just <laughs> waved wow. the club near the ball and it just took off into the distance. Mm. And, I thought, oh. and at that moment I was hooked. Mm. And I thought, I, I just need to do that every time and that's going to be <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, so straight after that I went home and, you know, there was no internet or anything back then. But, you know, when and you know, started checking out, you know, what's this whole golf thing about, went down to the news agents, got a magazine, you mm. know, and had a look through there and went, okay, well, yeah, I just got to wear some pastel colours. <laughs> Where's your white shirt? Yeah. The uniform is the most important bit of golf. It's a it's a collared Hawaiian shirt yeah. and khaki pants, <laughs> long socks. Standard issue. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and, and from that moment, and so uh, my my grandfather was uh, really supportive of that, and uh, you know, got me a, a, a set of clubs. Oh, and, you that's know, nice. He, he was a he was a, an active uh, golfer. He'd go out a couple of times a week, and and so. He me along whenever whenever I was able to go and yeah and then progress through and uh and, and was playing at a reasonable level and uh yeah but you know uh, for me unlike yourself um I don't have unlimited potential it seems <laughs> and I found it's my- not that I can say that yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> and I uh yeah I, I I kind of came to that realization that uh I wasn't going to make it and uh and it was twofold um mostly talent <laughs> um <laughs> And ability. Uh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, uh, yeah, and and, uh, and I remember that moment well as also uh, because there was a there was a young guy and he he you know when I hear this stories of these elite athletes you know you know they love it because they're willing to put in the enormous amount of work where there's 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 sacrifice there's mm. nothing but I, I wasn't prepared to put in the sacrifice mm. <laughs> I think it was what it was and and those people that were around me that weren't as good initially you know who were putting in the work and getting up early and hitting the range and doing that type of thing well you know naturally they just got better and better and me just playing once a week it, you know wasn't wasn't there and uh, yeah. so uh yeah so that was the end that was the end of my golfing dream what, um how but, old were you then when you sort of changed that when i when i realized yeah. um i was about I 16. Realized. that sounds so okay. yeah i was about 16. yeah yeah yeah, yeah so uh uh yeah, it was about 16. But you said you won the yeah, we amateur have an award-winning oh, so, golfer right here. Uh, Tell us about that. I won an award. Uh, you have the trophy well, it was before. It was the SA Open Pro-Am um, in 1990. So I think I'm the youngest winner. But it, it's, uh, it sounds super impressive. Well, but it was, a, it was a group event. And uh, uh, I had lowest individual score of the day there when my handicap was taken into account. But I, I wasn't a scratch golfer or anything like that, like many were. Um, so, you know, there was potential, mm. um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, not, not enough, not enough to be a great, not enough to make money out of it. And I think it, uh, golf, well, a lot of these sports, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of people, uh, there's some people that make great money out of it. And there's a lot, mm. there's a long tail of people mm-hmm. that really do struggle. Mm. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think in some part, fortunately I'd been exposed to some of those people mm. and, and they were the people that absolutely loved it regardless. And it didn't mm. matter to them whether they got paid or not, or whether they ever won a competition or a tournament, they were still going to be hitting that range eight hours yeah. a day. And I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. yeah. So I really do admire the tenacity and the discipline that it takes when people are in that middle ground where obviously they have doubting voices about whether or not they're going to make it, mm-hmm. but they, they somehow stand up to those voices and turn up every day and persist. And, you know, when the opportunity presents, you know, they're ready. You know, yeah, well, so that's, yeah, that's how you get success in anything, really, because you're always going to mm. have people that tell you, tell you that you can't do it or it's not going to happen. Or, mm. But you know, if you know that you have a passion for it and you're willing to put the time and effort and sacrifice into it, you will get there. Mm. But, uh, mm. Yeah, well, it's funny because one of the guys that's coming to the gym at the moment is uh, used to be a pro golfer. Ah, and yeah, he's, he comes in with his clubs. Every that's day. right. You can tell by the way he walks; it's a lot of swinging <laughs> movement. No. Um, <laughs> he wears a lot of pastel. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's never trained in the gym prior to ten weeks ago. Right. Yeah, but he wanted to sort of strengthen his, you know, legs and back and sort of thing to, to for help. for golf. Yeah. Um, at this point, he's he's. The same as you, he sort of stepped away. So he played on the circuit for a reasonable amount of time, you know, really pursued it, put a lot of time, effort, sacrifice into it, but was sort of right at that bottom end of mm. the money making, you know. So yeah. he was sort of sick of traveling around, sleeping in his car to make tournaments and, you know, putting everything into and not quite making the grade. But uh, mm. one of the funny stories he was telling me the other morning was that he was practicing this shot at the range like over and over he wanted to get a chip shot, um, which would deliberately slice away. Yeah. And he went through all of his clubs and he was writing down, you know, um, which club would go how far, you know, to get mm. this shot. And every shot he hit would chip and go, mm. you know, that slice the way he wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And he was doing this for maybe an hour or so. And then he said the guys next to him at the range 
when he when they were packed up and they were leaving, one of them walked over and goes, "Mate, you really need some lessons." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! He's like, I, 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 oh. <laughs> I was trying to do that. <laughs> Sounds like that just sums up that guy's career. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Even when he's doing everything right, it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Do you think golf would be the most frustrating game ever? I love golf. I really enjoy golf. You you play golf as well. Yes. Okay. Um, I was considering a pro career in golf as well. Are you joking? No, I'm not. Scholarship um, to uh, let me tell are you, you a sporting polymath? Is <laughs> no, that where you are? No, two things. Number one, in terms of the golf specifically, here are the pros of doing golf and what made me think about it. Number one, lots of money. Mm. <laughs> Number two, lots of sponsors. Mm. Number three, it's quite peaceful out there on the course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number four, it's a bit of a social game. So once you become good at golf, you can then go out with your friends. For example, we could all go out, you know, bring your families, guys. You yeah. know, we could all go and have some fun, right? Yeah. So that's why I wanted to do golf. Yeah. Um, and my dad told me, no, you huh. <laughs> said 24 is far too old to start golf, wow. which is true <laughs> it's completely uh, true i don't think i would he said you know obviously the best have been training since i was six so right. that's that was the end of my golf dreams wow. um thanks dad thanks yeah. dad yeah. uh and then uh, in terms of what you said about being a sporting polymath and all that i know i just say just um i just uh if you just work you know, try try something you really like. You mm. anyone will be good at it. Like, yeah. what what have you tried that you've really sucked at? I really dislike netball and soccer, and I'm terrible oh. at both. I strongly dislike soccer. I can't enjoy it. Like playing it, I just it's using the feet like that. It's not right, and it's not like footy. Like I quite like rugby. I played rugby sevens. Um, <laughs> got invited to the rugby sevens state team this have year, really? so wow. I was training at Sassy for that. That was actually quite funny. <laughs> um, and then um, confused everyone while I was in the sports institution. <laughs> it was so much fun. Anyway, um, and then um, uh, footy, obviously Aussie rules mm -hmm. is quite fun. Um, but soccer, no, not for me. Hmm. What, what was your first sporting love? What, what what was the first thing you picked up and immediately felt good at? I'd say cross-country running. I trained to train myself up to be really good at that. Yeah, yeah and I wish I'd had a running coach because I wouldn't have gotten injuries, but I was mm. doing yeah, – I became a really good runner. Huh. Yeah, and uh, that was that was just – and it was just really nice. In, yeah. in pro primary school, I guess? No, like, no, this really is in? high school. This is okay. like year 10. Yeah, uh, yeah. You hadn't played any competitive sport before then? Uh, no, I was – I did I – did, uh, like always did sport at school. Like I was, I was average, absolutely average – I was nothing good at all, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, and I hated being average. So, so what, what, what was the gap between being average and then getting into the Australian Institute of Sport? Um, I, so I trained myself up really well and looking at it now as, as a strength and conditioning coach, what I did for myself was was phenomenal. Like I remember I was, so I was living in England for a bit of time when I was about uh, 15 or 16 with my auntie and, mm -hmm. and my uncle. And when I lived there, um, they uh, took me to, to France to this random village at one point. And it was like a very, very small village. There's, uh -huh. there's, a, re there's a reason I'm telling you this. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but I, I was so into my training that I would go, this is like a rant. I'm talking like a very tiny French village with massive hills and everything. I would, would have been very young. And I would go for like a one-hour run in the middle of summer in, in France. And, and then the villagers, <laughs> I just remember these old ladies coming out being like, ah. Oh, cheering you on. Yeah, it was wow. every time oh, I well. did it, and they saw me up the hill. Like there was this, there was this one big hill, and there was a house at the top, and they'd come out there. 
It was huh. really lovely. They're practicing for the Tour de France. Yeah, so yeah. They just try. <laughs> yeah sometimes there are quite a few of them. It was really well, nice. Oh, anyway, cool. the reason I say this. How encouraging. How support, what a supportive, supportive community. It was yeah. so supportive. It was like, I don't know what they thought. Like, who's this random young girl? Because everyone in the village was quite old. Mm. Like, who's this random yeah. young girl? Who's Why is she running? running? <laughs> oh, we, we have a runner. Where, where did she come from? Yeah. Where is she going? Where is she going? <laughs> she comes back Let's, and she goes past again the next day. <laughs> Let's watch. Let's <laughs> if we cheer, maybe she can talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it did work. I lost yeah. some good encouragement. Yeah, yeah, no. So yeah, it was just that would have given me a great aerobic base. Mm-hmm. It would have given me like the K's and all that. It would have strengthened my legs like that. That would have been really good for me. Mm. And then I got into to rowing. I'd always um, been involved with rowing, and I love rowing. I think it's a great team sport. So how how were you involved in in rowing? So, so I was actually a cox for five years. Okay. And so the cox is the person who sits in the boat because I was the smallest. I was small. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tall and strong. I had no muscle. Yeah. Um, and especially because I did the running, so I was quite light. So, so are you, you, are you, you're coming at the front. Yeah, so yeah. I was never really sit, given, yeah. yeah. And what actually got me into rowing specifically was I would, every single year I came second at the biggest race of the year called hmm. Head of the River. And I was sick of coming second. It's like over the top for rowing. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's the biggest. It's the biggest event. All and right. um, basically, I could see when the girls just couldn't push anymore, or when some some of them gave up. I got really frustrated, and then it got to the last time, the last season. It was my last opportunity to win that race, and I'm like, "Fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in the boat." <laughs> and I, uh, I learned we had a crew that was put together within 13. We had 13 weeks. Most crews have 26 weeks mm. to train for this, and um, yeah, we organised to do extra ergos. We worked really hard. Um, there was one girl in that crew was a few years younger than us. And she lived near me. I'm like, hey, do you want to go do a 2K ergo? And we would do 2K ergos. Like we we trained ridiculous. We came second every single race of that. Every single race we had together, we were second, 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 second. Hmm. Day of head of the river, there's a heat and a race. And then we had the heat. We progressed to the final. Um, and in the final, we're doing this warm-up called a roll-up, which is where you're pretty much set up for your stroke, but you don't um, put your blade in the water and push. So we set it up and we just did it perfectly. Uh-huh. And it was so perfect that when you do it perfectly, you just, you hear it and it goes like, mm-hmm. and it was, there was just silence and the sound of our crew doing that. And it was, it was so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I could just sense, you could just sense every other crew on the water thinking, oh no, because mm. it was perfect technique. Like it was, it was, we were all perfectly in time. It was beautiful. And, yeah, we started the race and we led the race from the very beginning. I remember just looking and I was in bow. So that, that gave me the privilege of uh, crossing the line first and just every single stroke I just remember looking at everyone behind us uh, and just thinking to myself, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my mm-hmm. life and enjoy it. And then I'm also at the same time thinking just, just I can't even, I think I just one of the keywords we had was like, you know, legs down, like legs down, head up, like legs down and just, um, just seeing everyone very far away. <laughs> we just led the whole way to the finish and awesome. we won and that we won wow. and we finally won. And, awesome. uh, that was, well a, thank you. Yeah. That was the, that was the best. That's actually the best win of my life so far was that wow. race. I've never, I knew it would be. And it was actually the first time my whole family came to watch oh, too. So fantastic. I had my whole family there, oh. uh, which was just, you know, uh, really lucky. Cause yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
Fantastic. That was the best race ever. How many how many people are in the crew? We were in a four. It was a four. Four-person crew. And when you say that somebody is the cox, that they're what are they doing? So that would that was actually a fifth person who was the cox. So mm-hmm. four four rowers and a mm-hmm. cox, and they steer the boat and also give cues throughout okay. the race. Yeah. Right. So they're going row. Yeah, or like uh, <laughs> lengthen out, lengthen out, like you know, keep rowing. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Were you a good like you were good at doing that when you were? Yeah, the I nearly cox? nearly made it to the youth Olympics as a cox. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You were good at giving <laughs> so, that. So that, what happens yeah. in the... It's good for coaching. I think it gave me a good base to be a good coach. Okay. was my six years. I coxed for six years. It's a pretty Jeez. long time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and what happened in the um, wake of that event? Um, <laughs> uh, so, oh, my Lord. So, so, you, so, you, so it is comedy night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's comedy night today. We need drum rolls and stuff. Like, get, get your comedy sound fun. Oh, we've got drawings on the ball. It. Wake. What do you call <laughs> Um, so, so after after that event, mm-hmm. you've won. You 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 king of the hill. What, what was it again? Head of the river. Head of the king, head king of the, of the river. mountain. King of the mountain. King head of the, of the river. And uh, what what came next? Like uh, at that point, I took the trophy home and I had you took the trophy in my bed. I held my trophy that <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. It was our trophy, but actually, that was the nicest thing. The, the The crew was so nice that they gave me. They knew how much it meant to me, yeah. my crew, and they actually gave me. So we got given the trophy as a crew. Um, that's obviously owned by the South Australian Rowing. Mm-hmm. They actually gave it to me to take home, which Aww. was yeah, very sweet. Like mm. that's very nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I like full on like mm. slept with my arms around my trophy that night. <laughs> or our trophy, sorry, it was our trophy, <laughs> and I slept with my my arms around it. I was so happy. You had, you had to give it back at some point. Yes. Right. Um. Unfortunately, it got lost. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just it's kidding. So weird. No, Always no, no. seems to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So that trophy it's is a perpetual trophy. Yeah, yeah, is it on display or something with uh, your crew's name? Or... Yeah, my name would be on it too because oh, cool. uh, they put the bow person's name on it. So that's the person oh, really? who finishes. The, yeah, so my wow. name would be there. Yeah, that's cool. And and did you get a chance to defend the, the title? No, that was my last season that rowing, uh, and also it wouldn't. What be... What a way to end! Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. go out Just on perfect. And did you know what you were doing next at that point? Um, did you know I what the next loved, challenge was? I loved rowing. I really loved rowing. Like I mean, physically being in the boat over coxing, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I I actually did. A, we had to do a like a really long mass project at school. I chose to do mine on the heights of rowers because I thought. <laughs> Am I tall enough? I'm 165 centimetres. Mm. Am I tall enough? And I compared, I uh, got so much data on the height, weight, uh, and gold medal <laughs> stats oh. of uh, female rowers worldwide to see how I stacked up against and, them. And what, was, what would be the ideal <laughs> if you had to build that perfect female rower? What, what, what does that look like? I can't be that specific off the top of my head because yeah. it's been nearly 10 years. Um, but <laughs> I'd say it was a, they're, well, they're tall yeah. and they're pretty strong. Okay. So, for example, like uh, when I've been to, uh, we had an international regatta in Sydney and Team China ran past and we're talking, I have to put my head up uh. like that to look at them and they're probably all over, all around six foot, really long arms, obviously, um, long bodies because um, that's how you get the reach in the, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, and that's, <laughs> see, that's how you get, that's how you get the reach in the boat. So you uh, want right. long arms, you want long reach and you, you want a long torso. Yeah. Um, and I I always felt in the back of my head like I was too short to be, uh, a Olympic rower, mm. and that's why I didn't pursue it. However, it would have given me a lot more, I think, to have stuck with rowing 
Um, but it was way more realistic for me to make it in canoeing, way mm. more realistic. Like every, if I go to a canoeing regatta, I fit in body-wise. If I go to a rowing regatta, it probably looks like I'm a very uh, heavy cox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like because I'm yeah. sure. You know. mm. It's funny yeah. with the averages that you were doing. They did that with the AFL. Um, they, oh, really? They, they yeah. took all the players and they aggregated the heights and weights and everything like that and they, they found their average and then they found the guy who was right in the middle, like the the average guy. Mm. And uh, they they went to this dude, and yeah. it was on camera, and they're like, "Hey, mate, um, you know, you're the you're the average yeah, right yeah. in the middle. How do you, how do you feel about that?" And he goes, "Yeah, pretty average." <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Can we pull up that clip for the comedy special? <laughs> Where's the drum roll? I'm waiting for the drum roll. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have got it. Well, no, I probably shouldn't tell the joke. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't tell us a joke, but tell us what did you want to be when oh, you yes, were growing up? I wanted up? to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's Well, cool. you're almost there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Halfway to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. from like, pumping iron style or movie it was uh, action Terminator? Movies. Yeah. So okay. I, I grew up in the 80s. Yeah. Um, as an 80s kid, it was the, I think I remember Commando. Mm. I've seen that one or not. But uh, at the start of the movie, he's he's chopping wood mm. and, and then he's carrying a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like fun. I'd on like one to arm, do that you know? too. But it's yeah. an obvious shot they've got of his arm, you know. Uh, no, this is how I carry a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but for me as a, you know, seven-year-old or whatever, it was like, oh, my God. It was <laughs> and I, I remember calling my sister in. You're going to see it. <laughs> and she's like, ugh. And I'm like, ooh, that's even better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> freaked my sister out. Yeah, it must be good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just being a fan of his. And then it was the Terminator and, uh, yeah. you know, Running Man and, and all those classics that come out of that And did time. you know at that stage that he was a bodybuilder? Yeah, for sure. Okay, you did. Well, yeah, yeah it wasn't as sort of prevalent in uh, the information that I had on him. It was like he's a movie star. That's how I saw him first yeah. and came across him first. And then it was like, oh, yeah, and he did this muscle thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until years later, you know, that I had sort of more into his background with that. Obviously, he, you know, he, he was a bodybuilder. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and then found out, well, he, he had a couple of autobiographies. So one of them, which I don't think as um, worldwide circulated, I've got one of those that he wrote um, really interesting stuff and it was before he was sort of mega famous. Ooh, so it was more about really you know he, him coming to America, um, hooking up with Joe Weider and the training and you know getting the, the deals and the, and the muscle side of things happening with the mm. Mr. Olympia stuff. So... That was really interesting to find out about that. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is amazing. And then mm. you know, the first chance I could get into a gym, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to like him. You want to you you know? be Arnie. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was playing table tennis in high school like uh, <laughs> for one of the clubs that I was I was doing like table tennis like six nights a week. It was fun. Like We were enjoying it and playing in tournaments and national tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, but it wasn't like this is the thing I want to do. I was like, I yeah. want to be, lift weights and look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and star in movies and be awesome and you know whatever. And so, yeah, when I was nineteen, um, joined the gym. Uh, I actually, rang up Regency Tafe because I was I found out about personal trainers, which was a new thing that there it was oh, just wow. yeah, yeah, it was uh, exclusive to the stars previously. Mm. And I was like, wow. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, they were running a fitness course. Um, yeah, come up, do the fitness course. It's uh, full time, whatever. You know, so we did that. But that one of the requirements in that course is 
you have to train in the gym um, between, which is awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> like awesome, yeah. You study and then, you know, from 9 to 12 and then from 12 to 1, it's gym. And, yeah, yeah and so it was fantastic. First exposure to that, I was like, mm. how do I get in this? I want to be a Schwarzenegger and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so I loved it. Started training twice a day straight away and, yeah, just hit it hard and yeah. how old are you at this stage 19 okay yeah i've been doing stuff at home but just like you know push-ups and i remember and, feeling and were like, you into footy or what, no. was there any did you no, play sport no. at school were you sporty at school it was the, it was the table yourself? tennis stuff was what oh, i was doing tennis. yeah so no yeah so no he wasn't no, yeah, no. Sporty at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had done very briefly some karate stuff yeah uh because you saw karate. Spoke to kid. a great karate <laughs> athlete yeah. the other day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his name was Carlos. Carlos, really, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> national champion in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic story. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. But no, um, it was that and then, yeah, table tennis. Just went along to one of the social nights. Like they used to have a juniors, you know, Friday night, come and play. And I we had a table at home at one point before it got destroyed, uh, you know, left out in the rain or something. <laughs> and, you know, it was fun playing that. And then. I went on to the juniors night and you've got the $5 bat from Kmart. <laughs> of course, there's a whole world of like different styles of bats and, mm. you know, techniques and all the rest of it. Same as anything. Yeah, it's like, once you start going down the rabbit hole. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so played that and really got into that. Um, you know, I was, as I said, I was playing six days a week, tournaments all over the place. Every weekend was a tournament somewhere going there. Oh, wow. You're a pretty professional table tennis player. It was, player, it was uh, yeah. And uh, they used cool. to have prize money, but Ooh. the prize money would be like five bucks. <laughs> Which would give you the return on the table Yeah. Table. Well, I used to take that straight to the canteen and buy like a soft drink or something. <laughs> yeah. but that's, uh, it was Beer a lot wagon of wagon wheel and a tab. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tab, tab Ooh. clear, <laughs> tab clear, diet tab. I love that. Yeah, for sure. But the world of table tennis, it's called a um, with the bat. It's called a rubber on each side. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, but there is a thing which I fucking hate in table tennis, and it's something called anti-spin. So you can get like whenever you think of a table tennis bat, it's smooth. Mm. Right, that's how the majority of bats are. Mm. There's ones you can get that Some have... have coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it started. That will, that will get us deplatformed. <laughs> where you can't... Oh, oh no, you're allowed to say it now. You can, sorry, you can say you, you can't, sorry, you just sorry can't to say go vaccine. on about the bats. So, so we're talking. Some bats have rubber. All bats have rubber, they but have some rubber. have anti. -spin. Some have anti-spin, anti which is cheating. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm outraged at everyone that I've played against that used that. I hate you, forever. Never um, seen bats. <laughs> what happens? Oh, it's it's insane. What Would you like does, some water? <laughs> yeah, it's anti-anti-spin. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the ball. Like this with a normal bat, mm. that's will bounce in topspin. Mm. And someone else hits it, it's topspin, right? Mm. It's you hit like that, it's going to be backspin. Anti spin does the opposite. Oh, it's the opposite. So they hit like that, it's chop. It, it's backspin. Oh, they hit like this, it's topspin. Oh, and so someone will have that on one side of their bat and then have a smooth on the other. Oh, so you don't. And just... so in real time, you're trying to figure out what. Uh, they hit it and like this that. is legal? This yeah. is it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they will serve and like this, and you think, oh, yeah, this backspin. And it's like, it's not, it's topspin. 
and, it, and you got that. Yeah, so you lose like, second. Oh. And it's yeah, it sucks. It's, it's it sounds like that was the it? beginning of the end of your table ah, tennis career. Yeah, when well, you <laughs> yeah. at the upper levels, you won't see it much because you know it has that restriction that you know you can't like if you're hitting a a, a really heavy shot like a topspin shot like mm. this with a lot of power with a normal bat, you can generate a lot of power with mm. with without that with the anti-spin thing. If you're trying to hit it like that, you know it, it's gonna mm. it, it's. Yeah, limited by what what you can do with it, but mm. it, it's confusing as hell and really frustrating to play against. <laughs> and anyone who would have that, I'd be like, oh my god, they've got an anti spin. Oh my god! Would, but but it would have taken sorry, it would have taken some degree of technique to play with. Yeah, mm. yes. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. the so yeah. is that the mastery mm. of like yeah, uh, but they would be playing with it at a very low social level and uh, beating. Good players, promising, promising young players, promising with athletes dreams, with, with dreams, dreams. hearts full of dreams, Olympic dreams, <laughs> <laughs> because of their stupid bat, not because of their ability. And who were your table tennis idols? Oh, was uh, it was there, Jack like who's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the table tennis there's, world? There's is, actually, is there, one? Uh, there, is there is, a movie star two. celebrity? There's there two is. from Adelaide that are really oh right, okay, one three, but yep. two. Um, Paul Langley uh, and Tammy Goth both went to the Olympics. Okay, um, and a Chinese lady Mei Ling, I think her name mm. was, but mm. yes, yeah. So they did really well. Mm. Um, you know, represented Australia. Um, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. But in terms of what <laughs> I seem wanted. somewhat resentful. Um, oh, that's oh yeah. Right. Awesome. No, good on them. Um, yeah. No, I wish them all the best. Uh, but it was, <laughs> yeah. If they weren't using anti-slip, they can do what they like. <laughs> they were using anti-slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could see the level, because we had the national tournaments that we would go on to mm. as well, and you could see where we were and then where they were. Mm. Um, not that it was impossible to get there mm. but the commitment and time like mm. you said sacrifice all the rest of it is this the thing i really want to do because mm. i can do it but i would be spending my entire time and and every minute of every day trying to get to that point yeah and um, the sport is an olympic sport it doesn't have much money in it really mm. uh i doubt you could make a full-time living doing mm. it is there anywhere where people do? Yeah, Sweden. China? Sweden. Sweden and China. China. Sweden and China. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that two disparate yeah. places? And <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> the culture. Yeah. <laughs> big, big table tennis nations. They're the powerhouses yeah. of table tennis. Yeah. Well, so the European League would have, you know, top players um, yeah. and they would actually pay players. But I think the money would still be really, you know, you might have enough to live. Mm. It's not. Big dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're not balling on that table tennis dollar. No, that's right. Yeah. Big chains with the yeah. bat, anti spin bat. <laughs> <laughs> Made of gold. But that's one of the most interesting things about sports is where in the world certain sports are more popular and even pay their athletes enough to live. So mm. yeah. with kayaking in Hungary, mm. if you're one of the, yeah, in Hungary, if you're one of the best kayakers, it's the equivalent of being one of, our best tennis players. Wow. So they have them on bus stops. They get given like the BMWs and the Audis. And really? Yeah, they're quite, they're like the superstars of Hungary. It's mm. quite funny. Well, is, is, that a, is that because they have a river culture? Like Could be. Uh, the, definitely, definitely that's part of it. Are, Absolutely. Are big, yeah. I love the Danube. Yeah. I do. I love you spent the time on the Danube? I did spend yeah. some time on the Danube. Yeah. After competing in Zolnok, <laughs> um, which is a small village of Hungary, I... Actually, I actually had a bit of fun and I went to like a music festival and I went on the Danube. 
Oh, no. I have no idea what that is. The Danube, it's, a, it's the major river that it's goes through. Ah. It's actually stunning. But, uh, I think it's pronounced Bucharest, but I used to pronounce mm. it like Bucharest, but that's what that was wrong. So my mm. pronunciation's off. Um, but it's a really beautiful place, actually. It's, uh, actually, I'd say it's one of the most underrated destinations of Europe. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah, awesome. so so, uh, so you... We, yeah, <laughs> the, the Danube. John um, Farm video. <laughs> going back to mum's back to collection. No, um, can we talk about these anti-slip for a second? What anti, if you had, anti-spin. Sorry, anti-spin. what if you had anti-spin on one side? That's what I'm saying. Some and people nothing would on the do other. that. That's, that's yeah, a that's sneaky tactic. Because you know, that's sneaky, it has to be yeah. red on one side and black on the other. Mm. They might have the black side is anti-spin and the red mm. is not. And they you can spin the thing in your hand mm. while you're playing. Mm. So they might be like changing That would be my it. tactic if I was going to play. I'd do that. You know, and so you, <laughs> as a player, you're, you'll hit the ball. And, I mean, th- this is in microseconds. Just to annoy Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just turn, turn Sorry, it up to twirl it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know how strike him out. You know how fast a table tennis yeah, rally yeah, yeah. is. It's like dunk, 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 dunk. It's that. And so if if you're trying to gauge what side are they using in the bat and how did the hand move mm. in a fraction of a second to mm. how you've got to play your shot and you're so conditioned to, you know, when the ball's here, you hit this way, your ball's there, you hit this way. And then it's like you're trying to, on the fly, change it, your entire system based on what did they just do a second, like a millisecond ago, I hit it that way. And, you know, you can't play the game that you want to play anymore. And it's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, at what, what point did you say that's a, I've had enough? Of uh, I, so, I played so. right up until, say, year 12. Okay. Um, oh, you so, so you stuck at it? Yeah, yeah. 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 We had a good time doing it. Um, and, and was it because another sport came along and captured your imagination? Was it because it, or, or was it just that, oh, I've had enough? You know, yeah, I'm, I think I'm year 12. I'm, I'm, I'm a young adult now. I'm going to go out there and yeah. do some other things. Absolutely. I think that's what it Socially was. And, yeah. yeah. So I finished school. Um, see a lot of sporting careers basically end then. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm. But it was, yeah, because there was other things, you know, you're not in a routine of going to school Monday to Friday. Mm. It was mm. whatever I was doing at that time. Uh, and then, you know, you've got all this other free time and different interests and new things that you're looking at doing. And then it's like, Table tennis became, yeah, but now I mean, I wanted to do that thing. Mm. And mm. so, yeah, you sort of start losing that interest in it. But um, I enjoyed the time I, I did with it. But, yeah, once I jumped into the, the weights room, I was like, that yes. was it. Yeah. This you is knew. it. You knew. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Did you say that when you were applying there? Like, you know, I'm inspired by Arnie. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that there was a requirement before. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, so they did. They had two courses they were running. One was a fitness course. One was a community recreation course, which is basically fitness and outdoor mixed together. So they had an outdoor course as well, which you'd never see those people because they were never here. They were always out somewhere outdoors. They were like on a camp nine nine months of the year uh, somewhere in bushwalking or whatever. Uh, and I remember a couple of them saying, well, "I don't know, I'm paying rent at home. Like I haven't been home in seven weeks." You know? wow. <laughs> Yeah, so ours was a combination of both. But I, I applied for the fitness course originally, and I remember having the audition. Um, <laughs> the interview. I found out about the audition while I was playing table right. tennis. Yeah, that's right. I had half an hour to prepare. Yeah. I ran straight home yeah, exactly. and cried momentarily in the yeah. shower. So, but then I pulled myself together and I said, if Arnold Schwarzenegger was to ring me up and say, I need you to personal train me in half an hour, I'd be there. That's right. It's amazing how you, you, your life stories are very much in parallel. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, mm. yeah, it's strange, mm. that. 
Um, but yeah, so I had the interview um, to get into the fitness calls. And although I was really into table tennis and fitness and training and that sort of thing, uh, the, the resistance training was still sort of new to me because, mm. as you said, I mean, there wasn't um, internet around. It was mm. uh, what you would read in books. And I remember I used to fill up my school bag with as much heavy stuff as I could and I would I would do curls with my school That's bag awesome. at home and yeah. do and I was like I'm doing 100 push-ups a day every yep. day and I'm gonna do the school bag thing and I would go to the kitchen and get cans of soup <laughs> this is how Matt got into arm wrestling he was building up you're technically right. building your arms yeah, up and your wrists sure. up for arm wrestling absolutely but yeah once we hit the the, the course and and started learning the, the good thing was at the same time as getting in and and doing the actual exercises in the gym mm. we were learning uh you know the fundamentals of biomechanics and what muscles do what and um so that we could teach others the idea was that you would be a fitness instructor in the gym mm. or a personal trainer so that you would be able to you know have somebody come in and explain what what's going on how to run an exercise properly what muscle groups are working um so to get that benefit at the same time as i was learning to do these things anyway i was like oh, okay and so i, I sort of from day one was able to get uh, an understanding as to this is exactly the right way to do things, mm. which I think helped a lot because, I, mm. you know, even at the gym where I'm at at the moment, mm. you still see people that come in and, and they don't know how to do certain things or, you know, you've got a, a little description on the side of a, a machine that or a figure that might be like here and then it's like here. Mm. And it's like, mm. okay, I guess. Eh. Yeah. Um, and you'll see some terrible techniques and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. But the industry changed for me because I used to work in the gym um, as a fitness instructor uh, years ago when I was 21, 22. I worked at the TAFE gym and, and, and one of the other gyms as well. And it was like, that's how they used to operate. You would have people would come into the gym, they'd sign up, um, and then you would have a fitness instructor would show you how to do stuff. And it wasn't an extra cost or anything. It was just, there's the fitness instructor. If you want to program and they'll show you how to do everything, they'll be here. Mm. Um, and so you would run people through, this is how this works. And you'd walk the floor and people doing something wrong and be like, oh, yeah, mate, you're probably going to hurt yourself doing it like that. Mm. Do you want me to show you how to do it properly? And if you and, did that mm. nowadays, you'd get uh, <laughs> probably cop some abuse from that person. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you'd have to pick the person. You know, yeah. I've been doing it for 20 years. I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody's shoulder's broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what it, the job used to be. And it was good. It was fun. You know, you come in and um, that environment and, you know, wanted yeah. to be Arnold and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the gym. Uh, then the industry changed mm. and it became, we want you to pay us to work here. Yes. Yeah. And you get to be your own business and find your own clients. You can train mm. as many clients as you want using our mm. equipment, mm. but you got to pay us $300 a week to, uh, to work mm. in this yeah. place. And you're like, I was like, hmm. what? Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting mm, job. Yeah. Mm. Don't think mm. I want to be doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Luckily sort of, well, not luckily, but I changed. I, I was like, no, nah, that doesn't sound like something I want to be doing. Mm. Um, yeah, got into something else and, and followed that instead. But, yeah, I mean, I was doing the acting and modelling stuff. Was there any thing. any time that you, you stopped doing weights so that you stopped training or you continued all the way through? 20 years in a row. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. I'm 39. I started when I was 19. I've never stopped. Well done. Yeah. yeah nice That's work. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's good. It's dedication. Yeah, after the five-year mark, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, like you said, you've got a passion for something, you're going to do it regardless, and I absolutely love it. And, and where did the, the, the acting bug 
uh, when mm. did that mm. uh, Was that emerge? for Lani, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was like, oh, I'm doing weights and I want to get into acting. I want to do modelling. I want to so, do this. So it was a conscious thing. I'm doing what I'm, I'm – I'm going to be Arnie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. the path. I've seen it now. Right. I've seen it's the light. It's a great inspiration to have. I think he's mm. a very good person, Arnie. I love hearing yeah. him talk about how he was in Germany. Mm. He wasn't that, you know, he, he left and he had nothing and he came to America mm-hmm. and he just had this dream and, and he'd been inspired by bodybuilders too and mm-hmm. he had this dream and he wanted to be in movies even though he didn't have the perfect command of English. Yeah. I think that's mm. really beautiful. He does inspire me a lot too. Absolutely, mm. yeah, for sure. Oh, that's right. And... Yeah, so for me it was like, you know, in the gym training and then uh... <laughs> I didn't know we'd hit that wow. moment, but there we go. There we go. <laughs> we, we got the Terminator thing going. That's the, that's the Terminator theme for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> Terminator, I'll be back. We think, is that, that's Terminator 2, I believe. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, started doing that. Went to a modeling agency, um, mm-hmm. signed up with them. Great. You know, they'll take your money and never, you won't get any work. But That's yeah, why I, yeah. I, I'd actually be really, I reckon I'd, I'd definitely consider being an agent at some mm. point. I've always said to my friends who I'm like, okay, I can definitely see you'd easily get modeling work. Let me be your agent. You know, Let me get you sponsors. Yeah. yeah, not sponsors so much. That's a, different, that's a completely different bottle of water. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, when it comes to like agencies in general, even sports agencies, as is, as you've mentioned, um, it's uh, a lot of them just take your money. Yeah, a absolutely. lot of them charge like a lot of the Matt, someone like Matt would come along and say, you know, I want to do acting, whatever. And I'd say, all right, so it's going to cost $200 mm-hmm. to join my agency. And also I'm not going to put you up for any work unless you complete my courses. Mm-hmm. And they're going to cost $5,000 mm-hmm. and it's compulsory. I, I can't, rep- I just can't represent you because I don't know what, you, what what level you're at, even though you've done an audition for me as well, mm. which I paid you, uh, which right. I asked you, you know, $60 to pay for. Yeah. Um, headshots. You've yeah, headshots. Use our photographer. And- there's a lot of, I think it's quite an, an unregulated industry that could be better done. And I, I think mm. there's there's a huge market for anyone with integrity and, and honesty to actually go in there and help people. I'd love, because I'm good at finding opportunities. Mm. I think I would be, I would probably be good at that. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So it's yeah. definitely space. Mm. Um, Tempting. Anyway, go. Yeah, oh, no, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You want to, you, you need an agent? You need representation. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that's what we're, we're getting into with this. Yeah, now go right. on. So tell us about this agency. Right. So your first modeling agency. Experience. Yeah, uh, I did a lot of promo work, you know, where you'd, you'd go out and It pays well. I've done that a lot. It pays really yeah, well. Cigarettes. Yeah, yeah that's Drink right. Drinking cigarettes yeah. for young people. That's just, yeah, yeah, under 18 was the target um, audience. <laughs> There were plenty of them at heaven. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No. So, so you'd be going to nightclubs with yeah. a couple of pretty girls yep. and and uh, smokes, generally speaking, wasn't it? Was it was mostly, yeah, Marlboro. Marlboro. It was, Peter um, Jackson. Yeah, um, Midori. Oh, yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah, some Tori. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the illusion. Uh, <laughs> two and a half shots. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but but you, you didn't realise, like, you were really there as a bouncer for the two girls. Right. That you, yeah. that, that's kind of how that's it worked of, out. Yeah, that's basically, we, somebody had to drive the girls and somebody had to watch out for the girls. That's right. And you thought that you were kind of there. Yeah, I was it, selling the drinks and the cigarettes. <laughs> really? That's how it went. I didn't yeah. know they. I didn't know they had. They used to give out cigarettes. I, didn't yeah. I can't believe them out, that. But they would. They would have like yeah. a stand, like a booth, mm-hmm. and it would you know say you know, Maro booth, mm-hmm. and then they would have two girls with. Big boobs, basically, <laughs> and small tops. <laughs> <laughs> would stand in there, and then guys drunk guys would come up, 
talk to the girls and buy Marlboro cigarettes, mm. even though they, they didn't smoke. smoke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how marketing works. Yeah. yeah. Well, these yeah. ones that we were selling um, were... I've never smoked, so I don't know. But like there were sixteens or something. Oh wow! Which yeah, yeah. super strong. Yeah, yeah, super, yeah, like super strong. Yeah, and you know, guys, guys would buy them, and they would try and they'd be like, <laughs> but then they'd be trying to act like it's like, oh man, yeah, don't smoke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, did that for a while. Um, <laughs> it's it funny was... that we even live in a world where that was something like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it, it, relatively it, it, not not that long ago, mm. and you'd go into a, a a bar or a club or something like that, and there'd be smoke everywhere. Yeah. You couldn't mm, see mm. you couldn't see the bar when you walked in the door, and a plume of smoke. Would, yeah. it's just a, and it, it, you'd, you'd work your way through the bar, and and uh, I, I think somebody mentioned to me the other day said it, the the worst thing about not. Um, when when they banned smokes out of um, out of bars and mm. clubs and that type of thing is that you discovered that thing called bo that oh, a lot of people yeah. had yeah. that the cigarette smoke was covering up that <laughs> you'd go out and you'd just come back you'd smell like cigarettes for two days even if you didn't smoke it yeah. was a it was an amazing thing that, that I, actually I worked in a pub when mm. I was uh, when I was younger and one of my jobs was cleaning the light globes uh, with the nicotine stain. That sounds dangerous. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> cleaning the light globes. <laughs> I only let you keep they, myself They always once. ask me to use water in a cloth. <laughs> yeah. The lights had to be on. Yeah, see the but electricity the, the, over there. Just play with that for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the, the, the light globes, they, they, would, they would drip with nicotine. Wow. So what you had to do, because the, in the morning, which is when I'd get there, mm. it, it was encrusted with the nicotine. And so you needed to turn the lights on for an hour to melt the nicotine to the oh. extent that you could clean. Oh, and, yeah. and it was my job to do that once a week. So imagine if it wasn't done mm. like it was just. You know what? Hmm. You know what? I'd just like to take this moment to, to talk about toxins. <laughs> <laughs> so the advantage of mm. um, having alka active pH 9 electrolyte alkaline water is it's alkaline mm. so something mm. like nicotine is a toxin and one might uh, assume or presume in this case um <laughs> that that toxin is heavily acidic mm. are cigarettes acidic does anyone know they're, they're carcinogenic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do believe they're just pure poison yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's where having a performance, hydration, and recovery style mm. of water um, mm. can be a great advantage. It's, it's health restoration. It so, is. It's health restoration. That's what this drink offers you. Right. Yeah. So, so if anybody might have, just for instance, got some smokes off a mat in the 1990s <laughs> at a bar or a club mm. and, uh, and, and, and maybe kept the habit up. Yeah. Maybe they went with the 16s and went, <gasps> this is for me. I can get better at this. Yeah. And then- and maybe, maybe, maybe you've had a heart attack or two. Well, active. There you PH go. That's the answer. Nine. That's your answer there now. There you go. You that, trusted that, me back then. You can trust me now. <laughs> there you go. With the nicotine that you would wipe off, you would put all of it into a cup, and then they would sell that as a special on Friday nights. <laughs> yeah. Just for the hardcore so guys. Okay. Yeah, just, so give that us. to the Marlboro girls. Yeah. What, what, what would happen? So we're talking. You've got the lights on. The nicotine is melting off. You, you unfortunately don't have this product because alkaline water didn't exist at that point no. in time. No, there was just which water. Which is crazy. That's why. That's why life expen mm. expectancy was so much shorter because no one was drinking this water. No, no. Everybody was drinking Coke in the eighties and 
coffees and nights. Drinking, and, and drinking, drinking as, as a water <laughs> as a water substitute. Mm. Yeah, it was water flavored though. Water yeah, flavored coke. <laughs> 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 All right, so you're there, and you have got this waxy nicotine coming off the light. How do you clean it, Dave? Tell uh, us. With the Chuck Super Wipe and uh, a Chuck Super Wipe. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Super. How wipe. much do they cost? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I guess you could get them in bags of ten or twenty. And, and are they available at your local supermarkets now? <laughs> Is this a <laughs> Right now, if you head down to Foodland, or your good retailer, any any good Chucks stockers, um, uh, whilst you're there, pick up an active pH nine plus. That's right. Have you checked the Foodland scoreboard today to see what how special that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that was uh, that was, it was it was just horrible. And and you know what, people would. They would be smoking the durries, they'd be out in the big night, and then the next day, you know, they'd be playing sports. They would be yeah. out, you know, it wasn't an unusual thing for somebody who was trying to be an elite athlete mm-hmm. to be a heavy smoker at the same time. Yeah. yeah. A, like, um, as a non smoker and hating the smell of cigarettes, mm. especially mm. when I was working in clubs um, as a security guard, I remember one night, um, used to stand on like a box or like a, a you know window sill or something um a trapeze or <laughs> um just so you would have <laughs> height so you could see the crowd yeah this guy in front of me had a cigar <laughs> oh. was, oh, i love cigars oh. yeah go on and, and I, god and i couldn't tell him to not smoke it because mm. he, he, allowed. Could, he was allowed to smoke it yeah, and, yeah but like that night i was like and yeah, but you for days afterwards, your your clothes, your pillow, your sheets would stink of yeah, cigarette smoke. So like yeah. I didn't even smoke anything. So yes, <laughs> fan of cigars. I am. Yeah, it's a confession. Wow, wow. I mean, I don't know if I should be talking about this publicly, but I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like obviously it could be seen as quite a like you know not a not a positive thing with a sports career, but um. Yeah, no, I am a huge cigar fan, so much so that I only save them for, like, something super, like, super important that I've done. So not that not that it's an achievement, but I made it to 18, to 21. So on my 18th, I had one. My 21st, I had one. Finishing school, I had one. Getting into med school and... Uh, Just before you walked in. <laughs> today, making it through last week's podcast. Uh, no, I did plan. I did plan. My next one that I planned for was going to be when I made the Olympics, I was going to have a cigar. Let's crack one again. Why a cigar? Yeah. Why? Because I love them from? so much. I love I love them and I'm like, well, it's not something I should have often. So it means a lot to me when I have done something to come. And, f- and have you got a few set aside? I do, I do. Yeah. I have two. And what, are, what, what are they marked for? Like well, when, when I, had, the... I had that one for the Olympics and then I had one for a recent event, which I can't say what it is yet, yes. but um, I had one for... So I had to one be announced. To yeah. be announced. I had one um, hoping that if I succeeded to the... I, I did kind of earn it with that, but I, it's going to be complicated because I can't give any more details on that one. No. Um, but basically I, have, <laughs> <laughs> basically I have two cigars Um Stocked Le- up, but it's one's for Olympics and one's for uh, one's for the other. But thing. well, I mean, I'm not going to wait another three years before I have one. That's far too long. So maybe if I make the, oh, no, it's too soon. I can't do that. But the next big event, I do a good job at. That, oh, hang on, hang on. So, so there's another Olympic tilt. Did the I next just, Olympics are three years away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's a long time. Not so there's a so. But what sport are you? Boxing? Cigar You're going- smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a cigar sponsor? Um, but uh, 
But it's a combat sports podcast. <laughs> but there's lots to celebrate. There's lots to celebrate. So Conor McGregor likes cigars right. too. Yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger also. He is great a big, he's a big exponent. The yeah. stogie. Yeah. Mm. Put my stogie. Yeah. <laughs> so well, when with the next next Olympics, what are you training for now? I wouldn't say I'm training for an Olympics anymore. In understanding and having a full appreciation for how corrupt sport can be, sure. and yeah. no matter how good you are. Ultimately, it's in someone else's control whether you're there or not. Mm. I will make the point to say if you are doing a sport like athletics, swimming, um, probably those two, I think they are the most least corrupt sports we have, especially in Australia. Mm. And I think it's very clear cut uh, who gets on the team and who doesn't. Mm. Um, but for me, that's no longer something I can really aspire to because I think it's uh, something that you can waste your life. Uh, mm. I threw away everything, as I said, um, you know, like, you know, I did give up med school. I did give up a lot of social events. Um, not everyone makes those choices when they do sport, but I did. And uh, I have to live, you know, you know, obviously like, you know, that that was my choice at the time. Mm. And so what do I train for now? That, that cigar isn't specifically for the Olympics. It could be for a world championship belt. It could mm. be for a state title. Okay. Uh, what do I train for now? I train, I just, I do really love boxing and I love it so much. I love, I love all combat sports. I'm happy to, to just train to be the best I can be at boxing. Maybe mm. the best I can be will be winning one fight. Maybe the best I can be will be a world title. Isn't that a great thought to have? What yeah. is it that you're doing? You're boxing at the moment? Yes. And is it that you've got, say, a fight lined up or you're looking to get that happening or I you're can't still... can't wait to have... I mean, obviously, I fought, I've had my first fight. As we know, I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, uh, Was that part... That this is part of the thing that you can't talk about? Ooh, I think we're getting too deep, okay. Matt. I we don't think, you, I don't uh, think but, you should. Oh, that's fine. But oh, really? Oh, okay. that, that event happened. You're looking at the next one now. Um, so you're improving your skills at the moment yes. and training hard. Yes. I see you up at four o'clock in the morning. That's right. Every morning. That's right. So one of my friends coincidentally. Three o'clock this morning. Yeah. It was three o'clock. Mm. I was up at three o'clock Everyone this morning. Everyone um, was up at three o'clock <laughs> <laughs> We need a coffee sponsor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually one of my friends coincidentally from this event, uh, one, of my, one of my teammates sent me a message. He said, uh, we're talking about my similarities with uh, aspirations and so on and boxing style and form with Mike Tyson. And uh, he goes, you know. We raised that a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, and he's like, you know, Tyson uh, got up at 4 a.m. every day to run and he told me that. I'm like, and the next day yeah. I woke up at 3.57. I said uh, in my head, I'm like, I ain't going to set an alarm, but can can I wake myself up at 3.57, please? And yeah. I woke up at 3.57. I was like, if I wake up at 4, I'm going to get up at 4. I woke up at 3.57 that oh, day. Well done. There, yeah. there is actually a trick to, to doing that. I, which... I, honestly, I just put the number in my head and I always wake up. It, it's... I don't know how that works, yeah, but it yeah. does. I'm, I'm going to wake up at 6.50. Yeah, it, it, it's there. there's a, a fail safe uh, with that. So yeah. if you look at the clock yeah. and you tap and, and you look at the clock, so it might be, say, <laughs> sounds kind of 10 o'clock at night. Tell me. Let's say it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, you're about to go to bed. You look at the clock and you say, I'll get up at 3.57. And you tap your head on the pillow, look back at the clock. I wake up at three fifty-seven. Tap your head on the pillow. Do that three times. Go to sleep. Guarantee. That's really spooky, Dave. But I think it, I think it would work. That's similar to what I did. I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was shared. It's a, it's a Wim Hof special. There. Uh, that, uh, that's, that's a Michael Rollam one. Well, it's very it's, specific. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. I think Guru Muktananda might have shared that one with him. Ah, How yeah. interesting! I think we should all try this. Why don't we all pick a number? 
and try different methods of waking <laughs> up, but you have to set an alarm for if there's another time. Oh, yeah. Matt, do you actually sleep, sleep though? though? I've not used an alarm in 15 years. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. I either get up when I want or before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a ticking dive yeah. um, No, not much, really. You don't sleep? No. No. Let's talk about sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I would do like sleep? to do more sleeping. Yeah, but- <laughs> Why don't you sleep? Because I'm pretty sure like last week you told us you'd been up for three days straight. Yeah. Is this for your arm wrestling? Are you thinking it's going to release some sort of, I don't know, like do something with your brain chemicals or why is this? Uh, I got a lot of things happening, which is great. It's good, <laughs> it's good to be busy. busy. It, it is good to be is busy. I'm really it's good to sleep. Yeah, but it's really good to sleep as well. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. I work night shift, so I'm up all night. Yeah, I'd like to think that you're up all night thinking about like that that spinning issue with oh, the bat. You know, yeah, just uh, yeah, it's just like it's still eating away at you, it's, and it's just stopping you from sleeping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, so actually, one of the things when I when I train when I lift weights, um, you're thinking about. <laughs> I don't think about that, uh, but I do think about high school. Bullies. Oh, do you really? Yeah. yeah. Did you have Good a few? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Good oh, yeah. on you. And 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 it cut well, deep. Well, fuck or... them, Matt. Absolutely. If I yeah. ever see them, I'll fuck them up. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, about my right. language, guys. No, that's that's right. how I that's feel right. about you got fired up. Yeah. bastards like no, that. No. Uh, yeah. Very bullied in high school. Very you, you really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and what was that? The table tennis? Yeah. Mostly, the anti-spin. Or... Uh, the lack of anti-spin. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Just that's what it was for me but maybe too sensitive i don't know yeah but yeah so i, I use that as still to now still oh, to yeah. now no yeah. that's that's oh, yeah. yeah so um, i'm reading a book at the moment by an ex uh special forces uh doctor called dan pronk hmm. and he's really his life story is incredible uh he was training for triathlon um was thinking he'd become a professional triathlete uh didn't work out for him uh, he was average in school. He was also uh, expelled from a school. And one of the things he mentions in the earlier chapters of his book is training uh, using spite for fuel mm. because he went into an army thing, sat down with the army guy, um, the recruitment officer, and he said, I want to be uh, in the special forces. Mm. What that man didn't know was that at that point in time, Dan had actually been training for six years for the special forces. Oh, wow. All throughout medical school, he'd been training, mm-hmm. hiking, you know, everything you have to do, like the weights, the running, the everything. It's very uh, yeah, it's <laughs> military fitness is next level. I'd love to be like that level of fit. Mm. That to me is uh, something to aspire to. And anyway, so he's just sitting there and he just tells the guy, the guy just laughs. He was actually eating lunch mm. and he laughs and like bits of food <laughs> were Dan describes, you know, going in the air and just like, you're never going to make that. You, you think you're like, he said, everyone, if I had a dollar for everyone who comes into this room and says, I want to be in the special force, blah, blah, blah. Like you're never going to make it. Don't even bother trying all that sort of shit. And uh, Dan used that um, to, to fuel him mm. for trainings. And he said, after that meeting, he trained even harder. He mm. had even harder intensity and he thought to himself, is it productive to train using spite? Mm. But even in my case and perhaps in Carlos's case, as an athlete, like when I've had people try to stop me, which I had all throughout, largely due to the corruption, that is actually when I think about, God, like how could I stay in there for five years when it was so obvious that mm. I wasn't going, I wasn't on the, the list of people to help? Um, it was actually largely training out of you can't stop me from mm. getting what I want mm. to achieve. I'm going to train even harder because you're making it harder for me. I'm going to show you yep. that I mean business and that I'm serious. And that sounds like what you're doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's the thing. You want me to do something, tell me that you don't think I can do it. Mm. Like, oh, 
show you how I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it 10 times That's better it. than what you That's can it, do. That's it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And so even though I, I completely understand that those people are different people now and I, mm. if I met them out in the street, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to see you again. Whatever. I don't You look care. like shit. Why yeah. you say fat? Yeah, Something yeah. like that. Yeah, Something. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then a stab, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, no, a violent no, kick. No, no. Um, <laughs> a stab of friendship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I understand the time is different and people have changed. Yeah. You'd hope and, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even if they haven't, mm. I, I have. Anyway. But yeah. the energy and fuel I can get from those moments, I hold them mm. close because mm. if I want rage, I want anger, I want frustration, I want those things. When I'm about to lift something heavy or if I'm about to go into something serious then uh, that needs some passion, mm. right there. It's right there. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's really good, mm. I think. And, yeah. yeah. So that's why, you know, with I'm wrestling that, I don't give up. I don't quit. No, you don't. You're no, you're, you're very, very persistent. Yeah. It's those things I'm thinking. Right. Right. So it's like, uh, I'm. Yeah. So it's that unleashed rage that you're able to I would focus. Say, yeah. And I would say it sounds like it's almost. At a moment that's positive for you. Yeah. But it's almost leashed, as you said, because he's, he's, you're using it when you need. Mm. It's funny. I don't know if you guys think of this. I don't know if anyone thinks this way, but we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing psychiatrist on standby. I'm 39 years old. Let me just put this out there for the first time. Yeah. This, yeah. Might, <laughs> this might be a bit extreme. I'll be okay. aggressive, but right. we'll preface that. Okay. So oh, if I'm, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. If I'm lifting <laughs> weights, right? If I'm doing a set mm. and say I'm going for 20 reps. Okay. Uh, my, say it's bicep curls. Yeah. Yeah. And my biceps are screaming at me to stop at eight. Mm. The muscles telling me I can't do any more. Mm. You better stop. And I, I'm saying, shut the fuck up. I'm in your inter here. Your internal nice. dialogue. I'm here. telling you, you are doing twenty no matter what. <laughs> you don't ever say you can't do it. Yeah. Don't tell me that you're hurting. I don't care. Don't tell me you're hurting. I don't care. And I'll keep pushing through it until I physically can't do it anymore. Like until the, the until it's exhausted. So So what's the what what part what's the part of you that wants to give up? That weaker part of you that the wants physical. to give up. Yeah. It's a it's a message. So well, it's, it's, it's a message fatigue. It's you know, if you're doing something yeah. whatever it is, exercise. Like I said, I've got the two voices going. Yeah, I was gonna time. say because it is it's two voices. Yeah. 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 And one voice or muscle or whatever is saying, This is hurting, I can't do it. The other one overwhelmingly aggressive will tell it that you know, without using too many expletives. Um yeah. But it's, a, it's a firm, it is a firm word. That's, so that's you're exactly like, what's in my head when I try. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of swear words most oh, of the yeah. time, especially huh. with um with fighting. Hmm. We're training fighting, even watching the fight last night, Sue versus Spark, which we should talk about later because it's quite hmm. interesting. But um, that yeah, that's self talk, and I think that is um, that's pretty interesting, and it's and it's obviously working. Like you know, like shut hmm. the fuck up, I'm not tired. Like you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes I think that like don't like especially when I think about um that recent experience, I, I have the boys in my head like um, if I'm training, like, you're not fucking tired, don't be a fucking 
mm. this, don't be fucked at. Like, just fucking go. Is that, is that an external voice? So is that a voice that's come from someone else at <laughs> some point? It's actually your voice, Dave. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's set in it, your it, accent. It, it, this is all an illusion. <laughs> it's not really a podcast. It's, it's pre-recorded by me. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, so it, but is that is that a, a, a voice that you've heard, uh, that you've engendered from someone else that... Uh, that saying, no, no, no you got to keep going, or is that very much something from inside? I do, I do, I do wish it was uh, from someone else because I think it's quite a, um, you know, that would have been quite a motivating thing to have had anyone at any point say something like with my sport, like, you know, do this or do that. When I was canoeing, obviously I had. But your internal voice sounds, and both of you sound very uh, aggressive. <laughs> yeah, not very supportive. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, the, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, quite on the contrary. Um, I think, um, yeah, no, it's positive self-talk. Yeah, but it's okay. positive. Yeah, it is. It's positive. It's, okay. it's not saying, like, you're a fucking piece of shit. It's like, come on, let's fucking go. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's 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 the this is hurting or this is this is the challenge or this is the problem mm. is what your one voice is pushing this is hurting. Uh, it's hurting. And then it's like the other destroys it with, <laughs> you will do it no matter what. <laughs> no matter what, if your arms fall off, and, I don't and care. Do, do you just get, if, if this question for both of you, do you just get that voice in sport or is it a voice that comes up in other situations as well? All the time. All the time in other situations? But for you, really? just sports isolated. Uh, no, are you, are you, I'm self-talk mostly when I'm, yeah, like when I'm training or when I'm, yeah, like even as I said, so for example, um, if I'm hitting a bag, I'm thinking about, you know, my techniques, uh, I'm thinking like, all right, you know, use the hip or uh, eyes up or um, posture, that sort of thing. Um, I wouldn't really, I usually focus on, mm. I don't have it as much. You don't have so a conversation going on in your head? It's a, it's a <laughs> strong... Um, not, not to, not to I love the way you said that. No, I don't get that. Like, how do you think? Not, how do you think though? Clearly, yeah, no. Yeah. But isn't it like, <laughs> say you want to, don't you go? What should I have for dinner tonight? Or what should we have for dinner tonight? Or, I'll say that out loud sometimes. Some, like, oh, maybe I should do that. What do you think? Like, I, I, I would, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I would say the only time that that really emerges is out of frustration. Um, and I think, uh, we, so you know, when something goes wrong, like you know, oh fuck. You know, something like that, you know. Um, but I used <laughs> to be. You say it too. Oh, fiddlesticks. Fiddle. Big jingles. Fiddle. Big jingles. Oh my God. Fiddle. Big jingles. There's certain age groups you can't say that to. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, we'll have to edit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I, no, not the same way. But I, I will also say, like, um, my, my behavior is moderated somewhat. So I was particularly. Uh, aggress I, I didn't have control of myself, I would say, properly, um, as a full-grown adult should, uh, until I was, uh, you know, probably in my early 30s. Um, mm. And uh, there were several things that led to a mellowing at that point in time, I think. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, I was a phone smasher, table oh, breaker. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. You know, I was one. Of, and I didn't really realise the. it was, wasn't until it dawned on me because I was externalised. Like, I wasn't having this internal kind of conversation. Or, 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 or. I was like, Rah! 
And, and, <laughs> and when you're 120 odd kilos yeah. and you're thumping your desk and it breaks and you've wow. done that a couple of times and you've gone through a few phones, and <laughs> it, a few. I, I was never angry at anybody really. It was, it, but the effect on people around you, they kind of stand back and go, oh, mm. that's inappropriate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a behavior. After um, three business that's nasty meetings. thing to do in yeah. church. Dave, we, we need to have a talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that in childcare centers. Oh, um, right. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, yeah, um, and uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I don't have that same type of uh, rage, and uh, you know, uh, bullying and that type of thing. You know, I I think that that's something uh, most people uh, go through, and I think one of the one of the the tragedies of this generation is perhaps that they won't. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I say that because. I can see within you guys that it's it's been one of those things that's propelled you to a new level that you wouldn't have otherwise found. Absolutely. Mm. I'm grateful for every negative experience I've had and um, what specifically made me reflect on the hardest times of my life was um, David Goggins' book, mm-hmm. Can't Hurt Me, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe, um, you know, his story, but then I realised on reflection, same as him, Everything I've done in my life and even when it comes to, uh, yes, I do sometimes aim for something which just seems impossible, it's because of um, that drive that I have from those negative experiences and I'm so grateful for every single one because I wouldn't be me, Mm, you know, I would not have been me. I can't imagine having had like a cruisy life or, you know, you know, Mm. being like that, I think. Mm. And in terms of what you're saying, yes, I actually think sadly that in terms of bullying and all that, I think I've read statistics that uh, youth suicide is the highest it's ever been, which mm. would be a result of cyberbullying is obviously terrible. Like, mm. like there's a there's you know Dolly Parton who was what she's like twelve, an Australian girl who killed herself. Oh really? So in terms of that level of bullying, I think uh, children aren't equipped to have uh, you know all the social media and things that go on. Uh, we'll probably link this with if this is aired, link this with a number too you know, um, the Black Dog Institute or, you know, there are there are services. Anyone who who's that way, feeling that way can um, – I'd encourage them to check out those those resources now if you're listening. But, um, yeah, I think from that side of things, I think uh, bullying specifically is probably quite bad right now. Well, I would probably suggest it, it mightn't even be at a, any different level. And at an institutional level, it's no longer tolerated. So mm. um, whereas perhaps previously it was – and bullying at a low level is actually behavioural correction. Mm. So there's a very fine balance there. But you you have people that and friends will do it. You know they'll mm. kind of go, "Oh, what are you wearing that shirt for?" You know, or what do you? <laughs> you gave me this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think you'd wear it in public. And and you know or or, or you know. There's that kind of nitpickiness, and family do that, and and what it is is kind of we we want we want to it's a corrective uh, measure. You know, we don't want you to be an outlier. We want you to be in the community, mm-hmm. and and maybe your behaviours, you know, going to lead you to being an outlier. And so we're going to kind of do this. Yeah, bu- social science. Yeah, this bullying thing a little bit to kind of bring you back mm-hmm. into the pack, and uh, but there becomes a time when that's. Um, it, it turns into uh, um, where people are being omitted, where people are being excluded, and then it's the exclusionary aspect of the bullying which is the most hurtful mm. and that has the, the greatest uh, impact. So um, 
uh, young girls in particular, they don't bully physically, uh, but they'll often um, bully uh, by character assassination. You know, that's that's the way. And exclusion. So they're not likely to punch on, mm-hmm. but uh, whereas, say, boys might it will crescendo in, in, yeah, in some kind true. of physical violence yeah. and then it might simmer down thereafter. Yeah. In some cases, it escalates and gets worse. But in often cases, there's a reconciliation that happens after the physical confrontation that mm-hmm. women mm. uh, or young ladies mm. or, or, or girls don't have that same reconciliation after the physical conflict because it doesn't quite get there. Mm. But then it goes into exclusion, social exclusion, it goes into and then isolation mm. Mm. And, it, and character assassination. Those two mm. things go hand in hand. First character assassination and mm. then, then the exclusion. Mm. Um, and that's that's where there's some real dangers. Mm. Um, so there's, uh, I would say now more than ever, it is it very interesting that suicide rates have increased. It's very depressing fact really. um and yet there's never been more money invested into that not happening and yeah. there's never been more institutional support for uh, people um who, who are suffering from depression and there's never been more support from the education system mm. uh, for children that are in 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 terms of controlling the environment so that bullying isn't tolerated uh, at any particular level for the most part yeah. so this uh, it, it so why why are people finding themselves in such a depressed state? And production is the source of morale, and a lot of people in losing themselves and sometimes through the social exclusion um, don't lose the will to be productive. They lose the will to pursue a dream mm. uh, and an ambition because mm. for as long as you've got an overarching dream and vision yeah. for your life, then that's that thing that'll pull you through. And for perhaps for you, that was mm. that image of Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. carrying the tree yeah. and thinking, "That's that's that's fuck these guys. Yeah. That's me one day. You don't see that vision. That's me, and that's where, you, and so that's where you get to channel that that energy. Exactly. Yeah, overcoming adversity uh, in that build confidence in its own way as well. You know, um, mm. the, some of the greatest art has come through the greatest pain you know people that are mm. suffering um but then they through that suffering they, they've learnt a way or a method to deal with that and then mm. become stronger from it um so for me having those experiences when you know i'm not a victim or anything like that but it was like you know i was not happy there but when i had that ideal that i was working towards and as soon as i could get in the weights room and start channeling that and mm. then it was like this is it i know I this found is my the spot. thing yeah. Where, awesome. yeah when other people that might not have so i think a lot of people that that have gone through or have really uh, come close to, to suicide you know one of the things that always seems to come up is they say um, but why am i even here i'm a burden on everybody yeah. else it's like absolutely yeah that's what happens yeah then so and but self-confidence comes from making promises yourself and keeping them mm. it's like i'm gonna get up at four o'clock in the morning and then you get up at four o'clock and you're like, mm. I feel good. I did that thing I said I was going to do. I my commitment to myself. That's right. I'm yeah. going to eat this today. I'm going to do here. I'm going to train. I'm going to go speak to this guy. I'm going to make that phone call that I don't want to make. But, you know, mm. you're going and. I'm going to do the hard things first. That's right. And mm. every time you make and keep that promise, you feel better and better. And people that are trying to externally attack you, you're like, you, you don't even know what I did today. You know, like mm. I've done these. 50 mm. amazing well not amazing but even if there's 50 positive things and then you're trying one negative mm. thing it's like the, that's not even in my radar whereas if you've done nothing for the day 
because you know you're like okay i can't handle it and i'm gonna stay home and i'm gonna avoid everything and mm. then the one interaction mm. that you have is negative and like oh mm. my god it just compounds on top of it mm. so with that in terms of yes yeah, schools and everything like that they have uh really been pushing an anti-bullying sort of uh ethos but i think with combat sports and specifically what we we've been talking about on this podcast you know when you've got a challenge in front of you that uh, is a physical like if you're an, against an opponent that can beat you and dominate you and you have the humility to accept defeat and then come back mm. and try to improve your skills and get stronger mm. uh, and over time you will become the strong person and then you'll get somebody in that's new and and they'll see you as wow this guy's amazing and it's like yeah in your mind you're like well i have sucked for five years at it <laughs> and i don't think i'm amazing at it but i'm a lot better than where i was back then uh but you have increased and become a stronger person through adversity and mm. i think it's just one of those things that it, it's scary to see a lot of sports in schools doing this non competitive stuff just mm. everyone gets a trophy stuff it's like no you need to have competition because mm. competition rewards well effort com and, and in sport in particular sport is that game uh, of the game of life mm. and and if played well um, then you get to move on to the next one it's not winning it's mm. playing playing that game well that yeah. leads you to get to the next game whatever, right. whatever that might be and and what's in what's part of that is that you when you confront the confrontable, um, and, and you you generally will win, you know. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you know you have to deal with or you know you have to confront, the loss is not confronting it. It's not confronting it and then losing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. It's like mm. um, you're driving on a road and there's a kangaroo in the middle of the road. Or a sheep or something. And you're hungry, if, so you hit it and take right. it. Oh, sorry. That's right. And John Farnham comes along. No, um, if, if, that, if that sheep or whatever went that way or that way, it would have been fine. Mm. Froze, bang, mm. got hit. Take action, do something. Mm. Something is better than nothing. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Mm. Mm. So, yes, if people are facing adversity through you know uh, bullying or those sorts of measures i would my suggestion is find something that you can go and start doing and find it. something that you're good at find yeah. something that you love you know um so i'll tell a story about a uh, athlete from probably shouldn't mention her country from a uh, eastern europe i don't know where it is uh, <laughs> was it near the danube maybe no. kind of near okay. there it's south it's a anyway so it's she a comes balkan from a, region i'd say it's a balkan region okay. uh, she comes from europe could be one of 18 countries <laughs> so we've, we've one of 18 countries um yeah. so i competed against her in under 23s twice world champs and uh she we were messaging and she was uh, had a really hard time so she came in the, out of, in I'm the not, culture of the sport or no, just, just generally in life. Okay. So she was going through a really hard time. She's have, I have already asked her permission to share her story because I do want to share it, uh, especially to the athletes that I coach. I think it's one of, um, when I found out the ending of it, I'm very happy. And I was like, can I share your story? She said, sure. Um, so there was a time when, uh, I think it was before she came out. So she's gay. And in this specific country and in her specific culture, that's, uh, really not, Good, cool. not accepted, not um, 
there's a lot more pushback than what it might be. In yeah, the it's just country. not accept- pretty much not accepted now. I'm not sure if it was before or after her mom found out about her girl- girlfriend, but her mom was physically abusive to her. Mm-hmm. She couldn't leave the house. She, um, you know, and then her girlfriend broke up with her, and there was like just all this stuff. And so she lost that support. That she, she had nothing in. and no one, and she was still doing the sport. Um, this is probably about three or four years ago. And we were talking and she's saying, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. I remember Googling like the number for that country's like, I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? I was pretty worried. It's a burden somebody to drop on here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, at any point, um, like it was just getting progressively worse over months. And then there was just like one night when she's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, She's very suicidal. She was suicidal and I was freaking out. I'm like, Mm. I can't call the police. I don't know how to speak the language. I don't know how to, you know, get over there. Or, like, obviously I'm not going to fly over, but I'm saying like, how do I help someone who's in another country who wants to kill themselves? Mm. Um, anyway, I just kept telling her, there's a reason you're still here. Like, stay here. Like, you know, there's a reason why mm. you're here. And I think that's the reason, that's something everyone who's in that point of life needs to realize is they're here for a reason. You know, there's a reason you're just, just keep going. Like, trust me, trust me. And I kept telling her, "You're going to go to the Olympics, and we're going to go together. Like, we're going to go to the Olympics. We're going to go to the Olympics." And that was like 2018 or 2019. Um, and then she she continually had issues like that for for like the whole the whole of the Olympic cycle. You know, every now and again she'd message me and she'd be she wasn't. I don't think that was like the main time when I was really really worried. Um, but she was pretty depressed. Like throughout the whole last four years. And there were often times when uh, she would would be messaging and it would be stuff like that. And mm. I would be like, oh, no, <laughs> like, come on, just hold on, hold mm. on. Like, you're going to you're gonna be good. You're here for a reason. Keep going. Yeah. And uh, and then um, she qualified for ah, Tokyo. Wow, that's So awesome. she's going to Tokyo and she's going to race for a country. Wow. And, you know, she wasn't going to – she wasn't going to yeah. stay alive. She was going to take her life. Yeah, but she she held on and she's going to the Olympics. Oh, that's awesome! I'm just so happy. Like I'm so happy yeah. she's alive. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I'm so happy that she stayed. And I'm so happy that she's going to the Olympics. And mm. I tell her, you know, like I'm there in mm. spirit. I wish I wish I was there with you. Like, you know, there was a, there was a point when I really thought that night she wasn't going to yeah. go through. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, so she made it. The reason I I like I guess I want to share that story is to me. You know, she's an Olympian. She, she's the first in that sport for her country, especially this country and that culture, mm. it's a huge honour. Like, you know, her town has had parades for her. <laughs> She's been on the news. She's had all these wonderful things mm. that are huge, you know, like, you know, the extent that those European countries, especially a small European country, mm. supports their athlete or gets excited about going to Olympic mm. representation, it's a huge honour. Yeah. You know, she's just brought huge honor to her family, to everything, you know? Yeah. And, but that, this athlete, this, this woman, you know, this friend of mine, she wasn't going to be here. She could be gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that would have been a result of the hate and the bullying. She was bullied at school as well. So mm-hmm. not only was she getting hate at home, she's getting hate at school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and was that if, if for her sexual orientation or other? other I'd say so. It's probably yeah. the sexual orientation and, um, and, you know, like, so that's where that kind of corrective, kind of bullying, you know, to try and bring people back in the fold can it's go just wrong. Hate. Yeah, it's can just go hate. Wrong. Any hate's wrong, in my opinion. Any yeah. any intentful hate is specifically wrong, and I think that's the worst. Worst. Uh, it's inhumane. I don't think it should be. Yeah, it's just not. 
constructive to anybody in yeah. a happy society. Anyway, the positive of this is she held on. She's strong as hell, and she's going to the Olympics for a country. Like how yeah. how great is that? So Absolutely. it just I think it's important that people realize. You know, you, there's a reason. There's swear to God. Yeah. You know, you got you've got to you've got to have a mission in life. You've mm. got to have that belief. Purpose. You know that purpose. And mm, yeah. yeah, I'm so proud of her. Purpose is really pivotal. And purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah. And and with um, you find a lot of people that have had experienced difficulties and are able to find that outlet through sport. Well, it, it it's the purpose that the sport mm. gives them, mm. the discipline, the reason to get up in the morning. The reason to train, even if they don't know what they're training for, mm. it's okay. Well, I've got that reason to get up because my purpose is mm. I'm going to sharpen my sword. I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to prepare for another day. I don't know where I'm, when I'm going to be good enough to be the best, but I'm I'm working towards that mm. that day. And and you, you see it a lot in um, I I think like you. you Gym, there'd be no gym bros if it wasn't for bullying. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And there's, there's even, for example, there's even, for example, those uh, viral videos on uh, Instagram where it's like, you know, the girl, the girl, um, I asked my girl and she said no. So I became a gym bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like now, now I'm like I'm big jacked. and the guys, yeah. And right. It's using a motivation from a negative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the thing. Like we've got to be able to use, I think that's something that very constructive is to use a negative situation as, yeah. you know, fuel. I think the, I think the most uh, successful people probably have done that. Mm. Well, it's interesting the most successful people are rarely the most balanced and in, in some respects. So, uh, you know, and, and with, and, and finding a balance that that leads to a level of contentment is very difficult. So, it, in other words, I, I'm not a big proponent of happiness. I don't. I, I think. <laughs> I think happiness is. Dave a bit... does not believe in happiness. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I happiness think happiness cannot exist. Fiddle <laughs> sticks. Fiddle me jingle. We found the Grinch, everybody. He's right here. Well, no, it, he's here it, in the studio with us today. You know, well, so. how how annoying would it be? <laughs> how annoying are happy people? <laughs> God, I hate them. No, if you had no. to live with a, somebody who was constantly happy, twenty four seven. You kidding? That'd be great. Would it? Uh, it would get annoying. It would be no, annoying. No, 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 no. But I guess that depends uh, on one's interpretation of so, what a happy person is. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, what a happy so, is. so happiness is this joyous expression. Uh, okay. okay, no, I see where you go. I'd like okay. to I'd like to clarify here. Mm. I think living with someone who's content twenty four seven. Oh, wow. There you go. And in being content, that person is happy. Yeah, contentment punctuated by moments of happiness <laughs> is, is is probably where it's at. Yeah. And uh, but you know the imbalance there, like we were talking about the the, the bullying that your your friend was the uh, the recipient of there, where. In, it, it, I'm so it fucking proud of her. Sorry, oh, so, no, I'm really fucking proud. I'm gonna, I'll share this with amazing. her after, and I'm fucking proud of you, bro. You know, and 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 that that society that seems happy in the way that it is doesn't want to see her not be happy. So they say, look, if you go in this path and start, you know, keep keep going with this sexual orientation thing that we're not really, you know, cool with, you, you're going to be on the outside. You're going to be unhappy. So we're going to kind of try and correctively bully you back into the pack. But you know, in that case, you know, obviously, there's no coming back into the pack, mm. and uh, and and so you, and you, the other thing there with your gym bros, you know, it's one thing getting fit and strong and showing everybody that hey, but then it's the next thing to start abusing um, performance enhancers in order to uh, you know fulfil this um, vision of what a strong man or woman might mm -hmm. be, and there's there's this real fine balance where contentment kicks in and. Uh, and and it's 
that's that's something that people that are suffering from depression probably don't have a vision for. Mm-hmm. They don't have a vision for a, a moment where they can be content. And in some parts, it's because they, well, in most parts, it's because they don't have that purpose. And the purpose can bring you to that moment where contentment becomes your your relative state, your your state of being, punctuated by, of course, moments of sadness and times of trouble and and challenges and difficulty. But if you can get yourself to there, that's that's really where it's at. I, I really do fear there's a lot of people that are out there that have the standard of happiness all the way up here mm-hmm. and find themselves falling short of being happy when uh, and and then having some degree of self-loathing because they're not at that point that they're they're sold to by society to be at rather than maybe underachieving a little bit and going for yeah, contentment <laughs> but, exactly. but but going for contentment and uh and and understanding that once you are content you're content because you're in fulfillment of your purpose not because you've achieved exactly what you want mm-hmm. but you're fulfilled because you're on the path to achieving what you want. And yeah. I mean, that's probably why exercise or even amongst athletes, although I'm saying this, I know I'm incredibly incorrect because amongst elite athletes, mental health issues are, are pretty rife and prevalent. Mm. I was just about to say that, you know, like in the times aside, sports corruption aside, other issues aside, you know, um, when you're just training, like right now I am for, you know, boxing and just being the best combat athlete I can be. I'm so content because, you know, mm. every day I've got something to work on, to focus on. And, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's exactly. great. It's a great point in time to just be happy and mm. I'm content. I'm happy with being content, you know. Yeah. I'm always – and that's actually a great practice that um, one of my teammates in my recent experience uh, mentions as well is every night before I go to bed, um, and I know a number of people do this, I just think of – like the things I'm really grateful for and I try and do it in the morning too. Mm. And every night without fail, it's always, God, I'm so grateful for my bed. I'm so grateful <laughs> for the roof. I'm so grateful I've got food. I'm so grateful I've got water. I'm so grateful I can walk. I'm so grateful I can use my hands. You know, I got, you mm. know, like. It, what, it's, what sort of water do they have? Mm. Well, I'm so grateful I've got my <laughs> Alka Active PH9 power water. <laughs> I love my Alka water. <laughs> you got, you got to have it the. It gives me contentment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You gotta. <laughs> you, you gotta have the down. You gotta have the downs to appreciate the ups, and there's the up of the water. water. I, saw it, I saw it coming. This is. I, I, I know it's coming out. <laughs> oh man. Sorry, go on. Yes, yeah. you have to have the downs to appreciate the ups. Mm. It, it cannot be up all the time. You're an insane, crazy person. Yeah, if you're up all the time. Just like you can't have all the acid without being able to appreciate the <laughs> yeah, That's, That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, so for anyone who's expecting that if their life they want it to be, I should be happy 24 7. It's like, that's insane. You mm. will not be happy to, unless you are a crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unless you're manic. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, this the kid, good kids movie, um, which I'm forgetting the name of, but they- um, The Terminator. Yeah, the Terminator. Toy Story. Go and watch that. <laughs> and then Robocop. <laughs> uh, and it it's like five characters that live inside this girl's head. Oh, I've seen, I saw the that avatar. Emotions. Yeah, I saw yeah, that avatars, yeah. yeah. And one of them is fear. One of them is, um, you know, happiness and joy mm. or whatever. Um, joy is obviously joyful. 24-7, um, uh, anger and sadness. And sadness, 
Joy doesn't want sadness to get anywhere near the control. Mm. Don't mm. want you. No, I want this girl to be happy. Mm. And then a few things happen in this girl's life that she needs to feel the sadness. Mm. Um, and it, the lesson of the movie is that mm. Joy learns she needs to let sadness take control and let this girl feel that because you must feel the pain of whatever it is that's gone wrong to then grow from it and learn how to get better. Because if you're just going, everything's great no matter what, and mm. you're on fire mm. and you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. this yeah. is great, this is awesome. It's well, like, yeah. For, 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 <laughs> much, for, for much of human history, we've been in a survival game. And for maybe the last, and in the West, maybe the last thirty or so years in particular, we've no longer been in that in that space where survival isn't the primary reason for our being, and that then gives you the thoughts of well, what's the purpose of being? Mm. And in the absence of, um, in the absence of some kind of moralistic structure, it becomes very difficult to uh, make a determination uh, about that. So my feelings are that in modern times, the, the, the great depression that people are, are finding is in their, they don't have to survive, mm. but they don't know how to prosper and they don't know how to experience abundance in a balanced way. And this is where you get a lot of excesses um, and people indulging themselves and um, and and indulging in quite nihilistic behavior and and feeling that there is no no purpose uh, to life mm -hmm. um, and that's simply not true mm -hmm. uh, of course you know and and there's not a there's for all of the money that's thrown at this particular issue and for all of the don't just stop bullying uh, messaging that we that we receive, there should be more to equip people with the with purpose. I'd agree with that. I'd also yeah. say, you know, you've mentioned how much is being used and you're saying, mm. you know, um, like you specifically use bullying as an example. If we have all these, um, you know, new, new, you know, initiatives to mm. stop bullying, how come depression rates are still so high? Mm. I'd say, are these initiatives working, you no. know, it just doesn't, obviously they're not. So what can we do? Yeah. You know, as a coach, the biggest thing I've seen, especially um, with uh, my uh, coach who's inspired me greatly, Chief or Gary Gillies, um, is the change that, um, you know, physical strength to me is a huge component of mental strength mm. and having physical strength leads to a great change for mental health as well. Mm. Um but a point like when when we've been talking about, you know, that constant, I guess, um, one one element of society might feel pressured by social media and all that um, to have that consistent happiness and consistent pursuit of happiness. But I wouldn't say everyone thinks, um, you know, everyone is thinking that way, that they need to be constantly happy. But I would say definitely some people would. would. It's, it seems to be the narrative sold by society. It is. You should just 100%. be happy. You should be happy with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the worst one is yeah. you should be happy with yourself. You should yeah. just, whatever yeah. you are is fine. <laughs> just be happy. And then you go, well, what's wrong with, well, I don't feel that way. What's wrong with me now? Like, uh, yeah, if yeah, I should be just happy sure. with, like, maybe maybe you're unhappy because you're not the way that you know you could be. 
or not living up to your potential. Mm. You oh, know. that's a horrible feeling. Yeah. yeah. It feels like there's less community now in terms of community is so important. Yeah. The, like, you know, you would want, I mean, when I was a kid, it was like you got soccer, you got mm. table tennis, you got cricket, you got football, you got this, badminton and that. And it was like, what do you do? I do all of them, like this and that. Mm. And at, uh, you know, uh, recess and lunch, we were all running around the Oval and buying this and doing that, and you knew everyone in your class and you're going up to parties and mm. whatever. Um, even up until the early 20s, it was still like that. And I think now with, with social media and people going um, on Facebook and that's how they get their social interaction, but it's mm. not personable. Mm. It's not you're not reading the other person's body language. Mm. And especially in a sport or a combat sport where you're physically you know, wrestling with the other person or whatever it is that you're trying to be, do, you're trying to win against them, but in a competitive manner. Uh, if you don't face those sort of tasks regularly, I think that that is a, is a change that I've noticed probably in the last 10 years. I mean, like my next door neighbors, I don't know who they are. They don't, they don't you know, say, mm. you know, but I'd agree with you on that. It's definitely mm. a, a strange thing that has happened and it feels like it's pushing further into that way and like less people will actually go out and do physical things and they are more likely to sit and watch or content or whatever mm. yeah there well, there's a, a people are, are definitely more insular now and and there's uh uh and in in uh i don't i don't entirely subscribe to the idea that social media is to blame or and because it's people on social media. And so what do they get away with on social media that they don't in person is um, it's not the body. They know what they're saying is hurtful. Mm. Um, it's the... Being able to hide. A lot of these, if we're talking about internet a, trolls. Exactly. I mean, I've had death threats, right? And yeah. Have you? Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. what? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's another rabbit hole we won't go down today. Um, but if we're talking about death threats that are anonymous, <laughs> you know... Wow. I actually saw a meme about how it feels when you get your first death threat and it's like the the inbox of it and then it's uh, like a photo of Kanye West <laughs> being like. Um, but, yeah, these people are, I guess, um, most of the time they're cowards. They're too scared to say these things to anyone's face. Also, uh, you've got to think to yourself, what type of person would spend their time mm. saying something negative or writing something negative about someone to try and what, like, what response do they want? What are they trying to do? But also what I can't, the one thing I can't get about inter tro in internet trolls is I could not imagine wasting my time mm. thinking about trying to get someone down or anything vengeful or, like, why? Mm. Like, yeah. that is, I feel so sorry for that person. If someone is spending the their time doing that, the, that's yeah. a waste They're of that negative person. About themselves. That's such a waste mm. of that person. Maybe that person, I don't know what talent they'd have, but, you know, mm. why are they not spending their time trying to be a, be a good human, trying to benefit society? It's strange, isn't it, that their, their pleasure is to, like, they might feel absolutely terrible yeah. about themselves. And it's mm. like, I'm going to make everyone else feel mm. bad. And it's mm. like, oh, that person felt bad about because mm. I made that comment. Mm. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Now I feel better. You know? Yeah, and a lot of the time <sighs> you just laugh it off anyway. Sometimes I read these comments and I'm like, shh, yeah. like that, that, that's all you got. Why like, is somebody sending person? you death threats out yeah. of all the people? What do you do? do? <laughs> that, was after, that was after my Ninja Warrior appearance in 2018. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And so somebody made the effort to find you just to. I won't go into detail, I but I will. I will. I will say it was actually a group of girls at medical school. Right. Get out! Yeah, I know, right? And you found out later. Isn't that or funny? You knew at the time. Uh, I'll leave it there. I won't go okay. into details. Right. But uh, did I find out? I found out later. Yeah, yeah I okay. found out later. 
Um, but it was pretty bad. It was literally that. And it was hilarious though. I laugh at it now and I've had an amazing life after that. It's just been, um, well, well, Carly um, was speaking last week about uh, this very issue and, and to the extent that, you know, it, it, she had to completely disconnect uh, from social media for mm. a period of time mm. until the dust had kind of settled on this situation that yeah. she'd done nothing to provoke her. Yeah, she, exactly. She didn't. You know, she yeah. was uh, – and, and – um, you don't. You're just chilling, and then all of a sudden, bang. God, I'd love it if he gets hit by a bus, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. You know, like really, yep, yeah. That's how that's how it was. Um, and even someone like Carly, you know, she's mm. a positive person. She's doing great for society, right. and she's you know she's good at what she does. You know, kickboxing champion. Yeah, and so obviously some other women feel threatened by that and don't feel you know feel the need to try and bring her down to their level and obviously they didn't succeed and mm. I'd say same to those mm. uh, girls. I think uh, they've had no uh, life experience to give them the empathy they need and to me that's just uh, I feel sorry for them, mm, you know, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm lucky that I have had the life experience to give me general social intelligence and empathy to understand that sending someone a death threat isn't really the <laughs> nicest thing to do. Yeah. yeah so I feel sorry for their patience. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are, yeah. But do you find with <laughs> – Say every time that you go into a, a boxing ring or you have a hard training session or when you're getting under a weight that's insanely heavy and you've got to, you know, do that thing with your mind where it's um, I'm going to achieve this, I'm going to, I can do this, I can, I can concentrate and get through this and then you do it um, or you don't do it but at least you tried it, mm. that you start building that self-confidence and that, 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 that you can rely on yourself. You don't... Mm feel like I need other people to approve of me anymore. I approve mm. of myself because of the actions that I'm doing. <clears throat> and after, you know, doing that for years, you know, every day you're achieving this and, and it's like you have this really positive view of who you are mm-hmm. that you feel confident that you don't need anyone else's approval to feel happy. That's what these people lack. To me, internet trolls and and bullies in general lack that. Mm -hmm. They've had such an easy life Mm. that generally they just haven't had. So let's say you were talking about, um, you know, happiness and sadness or joy and sadness in this movie. So let's say we've all had a life where we've gotten everything, everything has gone perfectly to plan. Mm. We had an amazing day every single day of our lives. We never even fell over. We never even mm. had a scratch. Actually, this is something I, um, I, weak, weak I thought piss. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let's say you're you're 30 and all of a sudden you break your f- first fingernail. <laughs> yeah. That could be a life-shattering yeah. event for you. And an example I like to use, I thought about recently was, you know, you think about uh, when we grew up as kids, right? And like I saw, I saw a kid. Basically, I saw a kid fall over and start crying. And I'm like, if an adult falls over, we don't start crying. <laughs> Obviously, pain tolerance is different as start we're older. Laughing. Physical, yeah. Well, physical <laughs> pain tolerance is different. But like a child will get up, try to walk, fall over, might start crying. They'll cry and they'll cry. You know, they do it again, fall over, cry. Uh, anyway, one day they're just gonna stop crying because they're used to the the pain and mm. and whatever. Um, and I think in life, uh, when we have a negative experience and we re rebuild ourselves we're becoming so strong like there was that awesome quote by a philosopher that someone sent me mm. and it was like you know I, i'll have to read it out it's such an excellent quote um mm. and it's is about it becoming yeah, yeah epicus um mm. it, uh, on the other side of uh, pain is greatness definitely on the other side of pain is greatness mm. this quote is a man who has been at constant feud with misfortunes acquires a skin calloused by suffering this man fights all the way to the ground and never gives up 
Mm. And that's, that's what that's the truth. And so perhaps uh, a lot of these people who do choose to um, to try and bring others down to their level, which is a symptom of this poppy syndrome we have, tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Mm. Um, I think those people probably just have never felt uh, anything in their lives. They probably had very easy lives most of the time. Yeah, uh, the, the the tall poppy syndrome in Australia, I think, is one of those things. But once again, it's a uh, it, it's a careful bullying so that people don't stray too far from the pack. Mm. Um, and mm. um, and and in some part. Um, that's because Australia in particular, and why, why it might be a phenomenon that's particular to Australia in, in um, most respects, is we have a pride ourselves on being egalitarian. Mm. So once somebody starts to uh, achieve or, or stretch beyond the the average man or woman, mm-hmm. uh, there's this uh, curtailment, this natural kind of, we want to bring you back because we don't want you to be that one that people kind of think, oh, look at them, bloody da, mm. you know, look at them, they're up themselves. Oh, right. we, we don't want that for the people that we love. We so we they, we naturally bring them back a peg or two. Yeah. Um. And and uh, and this is why bullying is not good. I'm not certainly condoning bullying. Um. But what I am saying is that there is some level to it that it's it's not all malevolent. It, it, for the most part, it's it begins with not evil intention. Mm. It's to make sure that you get to stay part of the family. You get to stay part of the pack. Right. You know, we, we want you to be here, but we know, we know, we know through, through time and space is the outliers. It's the Muhammad Ali's. It's the Isaac Newton's. It's the Einstein's. Mm. It's these people, they're outliers. Mm. Uh, they, they were the ones that were prepared to set apart from the pack mm-hmm. they were the ones that were prepared to take the the pain they were the ones that were prepared to uh, endure the the suffering and uh, and the sacrifice in order to and not just physically but emotionally and socially uh you, as as you were saying before you know getting up at an ungodly hour to go and train at a time when your friends or or to still be training at a time when your friends are going to the pub or having a social life and and that type of thing, you, you are that outlier. Mm. And I'm sure you had more than one friend that said, oh, don't worry about training tonight. Come out with us. It'll be great. No one ever understood. I had very few friends who understood me saying I can't be out tonight or I can't go party. Um, mm. And luckily I had uh, the support of people who, even though I wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't there at their, their birthdays or I wasn't there, they would always still support me. I'm so lucky I've had a great group of friends throughout. Because mm. they, they kind of buy into your purpose when your purpose is really strong, and they see, you yeah, know, people go, oh, "Is he just doing a thing?" And I'm so you know, lucky. we want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and and you know, they that with acting, it's a bit of a thing too, where people want to live vicariously through mm. you a little bit. Mm. It's like she's doing all this; she's kind of doing it for all of us, though. Mm. You yeah. know, yeah, so yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're happy we got easy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. let her be the outlier, let her yeah. do a thing, and yeah. you know. Um, and, and it happens uh, a lot in, in the arts as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the people who are successful, usually they're the ones that don't need to have a feeling of I need to bully somebody else or I need to do this because it's sort of... They if, have their own purpose. Yeah, yeah, it's like I've achieved mm. this thing and I feel great about it and I would rather lift you up to help you get to the same level or above mm. and beyond mm. rather than stand over you going, ah, I'm so much better than all the rest mm. of you. Well, I think Rory, our producer, made the comment the other day that um, in um, having a, a combat sports podcast, 
uh, where you've got strength and combat athletes. You know, literally these are people that pick heavy things up and beat people yeah. for fun. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and as Rory was saying, the nicest bunch of people you're ever going to come across. That's, like yep. so and much humility, so much gratitude, this, just so yeah. e easy conversations, no yeah. ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, or, or if you often when you do see the ego in combat sports, it's the show. Yeah, and it's for the money. It's yeah. for like the money. Speaking it's... of Sue and Spark, yeah. 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 So um, yeah, for the money, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if there ever is a character played, as you said, it's um, it's for the money, <laughs> like yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor and all that. Mm, like they're mm. actually um, generally good people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and 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 when you dig dig deeply in behind, you know their tales. You know, often they've got that humility for very very good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. George Saint Pierre bullied at high school. Yeah, um, when he ran into his high school bully after um, he was successful, he went back to his town where his parents still live. Uh, ran into his high school bully who, you know, um, was struggling, mm. and George Saint Pierre actually helped him out, gave mm. him some money, wow. helped him try to restart a business and wow. that sort of thing. Didn't hold the grudge, um, but yeah, it's, it's that sort of humility. It's like I faced my demons in terms of everything that I've wanted to achieve, and constantly, daily, going into the gym and being tortured in a way mm. physically that the things that you were doing to me at school were laughable. Really. Yeah, it's the voluntary suffering. It's the that that's what leads to an inner strength when you're willing to suffer willingly. For a purpose, for a sport, for uh, the sake of achievement, that's mm. when there's greatness on the other side of that. And and when there's not greatness, there's great humility, and in that humility, is is greatness. Absolutely, mm, mm. I agree with that. Very well said. Thank you. I've been pra else? practicing. You were, you were practicing your wrapping up voice there. Yeah. <laughs> you were looking at the clock like I need to bring out my wrapping up voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this has been awesome. It is. Uh, we've only got a minute or so to go before Rory has to go home. Um, so um, lights are going to turn on. The light, yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, I think it's a it's a great juncture to uh, to thank Rory for uh, thank you, Rory Noak has uh, done an absolutely amazing job. Um, Give yourself a <laughs> over the last thirty or so thirty or so hours of recording that we've done uh, over recent weeks, um, and that uh, brings a wrap to our very first season of the Daily Combat Podcast. Uh, we've got so much more coming your way. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our guests. Um, stay tuned to our YouTube channel. Uh, because uh, special moments from the best moments of the last 30 or so hours will be finding its way to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already as well, uh, head over to uh, dailycombatnews.com. Uh, register there. You'll receive notifications. You'll also receive special offers, discounts to some of the biggest combat sports events in this country. Free and, money. And a whole lot more. That's free money's coming lots from and lots of free Hollywood money. Matt Connolly. <laughs> um, <so laughs> and we look forward to bringing you a whole lot more very, very soon. You've been listening to the Daily Combat Podcast. Special thanks also go out to our main sponsor, Real Estate Agents Group. This company is growing to become one of South Australia's largest independent real estate groups. With their board of directors with over 100 years of collective real estate industry experience, Real is for real people by real people. Check them out on Facebook under Real Estate Agents Group or visit their website 
urbanandruralsales.com.au. The Daily Combat Podcast is proudly brought to you by Dave Stockbridge, Isabella Rossitano, and Hollywood Matt Connolly. Make sure to give us a five-star review, as this helps us to continue to promote combat sports in Australia and around the world. You can find out more information about the podcast at dailycombatnews.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms with full video episodes available on YouTube. Just search The Daily Combat Podcast. Thank you again for listening from all of us here at The Daily Combat Podcast team.